reflections in progress is ours once more. Now that we have a neutron bomb, it's nice and quick and clean and get things done. I remember my mom having that talk to me. Son, you know, you're, you're capable of so much more and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Welcome to two maddening hours of horror and fright. of rebellion if you didn't spend so much time buying blue hair dye and going out to get punky clothes it seems so petty I mean, stop me if i'm being offensive I... oh no go right ahead it's that's fine you want to be an individual right you look like you're wearing a uniform i mean you look like a punk that's not rebellion that's fashion then what's rebellion rebellion happens in the mind you can't create it you just are that way, 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 are that way. Hi, I'm Katie, the final girl. We changed, that's all. You see, the guy I am now isn't the guy I was then. If the guy I was then met the guy I am now, he'd beat the shit out of me. Those are the facts. And I'm Shaun of the Dead. Steven, I didn't sell out, son. I bought in. Keep that in mind. <laughs> and this is the house that screams tonight. We are doing a horror business episode. We are covering the 1998 film SLC Punk, starring Matthew Lillard, which is our tie to horror. Um, we have Mac the All Star. Only poses die, you fucking idiot. I was trying to like put myself in the headspace. Rob, cinema drinking antiquata. But for the first time in my life. I'm 18, and I can say, fuck you! <laughs> yeah. Um, got Ken Sledge. Thank you, fool. Stupid fucking bastard Lake. Why do you do this to me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do this to me? And, uh, Dave Gerben. You know what? I'm not a fucking hick. <laughs> <laughs> Does Crystal want to do one? Pretty fucking weird, you know that? okay uh so i want to start this one off i just kind of like didn't even ask i'm starting off because this is one of my all-time favorite films um this movie what pisses me off about it i'm going to start there is that it was marketed wrong i think this movie should have been in front of a lot more people um but they market it sort of as like a teen movie and this is certainly not a teen movie it is deeper than that. It um, 
it, it's like the characters are young, but it really shouldn't have been marketed that way. I think with proper marketing, this would have, you know, won awards. This would have been in front of a lot more people, not some footnote of a film. It's brilliant. And uh, it's one of, like I said, one of my all-time faves, uh, Matthew Lillard. And everybody, you know, we, we did scream recently. Um, you may be time traveling when you hear this. But um, Matthew Lillard, like, you know, he was always that kind of character from Scream. But this movie, you know, a couple of years later, really, like, gave him just, like, this is this is a star-making performance. This is a movie that when you see it, you will never, ever forget it. And like I said, I really wish it would have been in front of more people. And I have more to say, but we'll say So I hadn't seen this film um, until maybe a couple of years ago. I knew about it, um, but just, you know, just always flew under the radar for me. And uh, Candy had always talked about it. And we finally decided to sit down and watch it. And I got to say, you know, I mean, it's a great film. I think, you know, the casting choices in this, uh, Matthew Lillard did a fantastic job. And what struck me with this is that I saw so many people that I knew in real life in this film. You know, just just random background characters that the, at some of the parties, I knew some of those people. And I saw some of myself in this film, too. And, and I'm sure we'll get into that later. Yes. Um, but all in all, I really enjoyed this film. We've watched it several times since my first viewing, and it never gets old. Um, but yeah, all in, all in all, a great film. Mac? I used to love this movie a lot when I was younger. You know what I mean? And I understand what you were saying, how it shouldn't have been marketed maybe for a little bit more uh, older, mature. But this came out in 98. I was in my first year of high school in 98. I was meeting my weird friends. Ask Rob. I was I was doing weird things, just rocking out heavy like this. That's what like when watching it brought it so back like this was my high school. Like I get it. So I can understand maybe why they tried to um, have it towards teens. But, um, yeah, we'll definitely talk more about, uh, I guess, nostalgia love for this movie. Yeah, and I want to throw in just really quick before I move on to someone else. Um, This film, every time, even the first time I watched it, I was filled with nostalgia because um, it, it has that effects on a lot of people like almost like you've been there before and i think it does that really brilliantly and it just made me think back to times in my life which were not exact copies of this film but there's something there that is universal for everyone and i will talk about what that is uh dave uh yeah so this movie really speaks to like my generation and i knew a lot of guys like this too and i wish i could claim that i was as cool as this but like you remember the scene where he's running down all the different cliques, the different uh, tribes, the um, the new waivers, the ones who everybody kicked their ass and they were no. That was more like I wish that wasn't, but that was like me. Like I wish I had been a punk rocker, and I really uh, I love that the music even then, and I love that lifestyle, but I never had the balls to actually do it. Uh, you know, so I, I guess I would have been a poser. But I, this movie makes me feel good. The music, the music. I, I have a note about the soundtrack. I love this soundtrack. Right. Uh, it's a great soundtrack. I love the attitude that because when I was when I was coming up, when I was this age, we had that that um, sense of anarchy, but it was from a weird place. We I came up during the Cold War, the heart of the Cold War. We literally believed that we were not going to live into our 30s because of World War Three. I mean, that was not just it's not it's not hyperbole for me. Damn, for we real? Really, like, we really believed that up until, you know, we got to be in our mid 20s and realized it was all horseshit. 
you know, when I was 17, I thought, well, there's no fucking way I'm going to make it to 30. We're going to, the world's going to end. We really believed it. Uh, wow. So I, I, that the the um, the nihilism and the um, the anarchy I, I can dig. Uh, I love the scene when he's talking to his parents. You know, I, I remember my mom having that talk to me. Son, you, you know, you're you're capable of so much more. And you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> but yeah, I've never watched this movie before. Yesterday, never seen it before. It, I was aware of it, but it always flown under the radar. And uh, it was it, it's a great movie. I enjoyed it. It made me laugh. Made me cry. Made me mm-hmm. cry. Made me kiss two hours ago. No, it's a, I, I, I loved it. It was it was great. Um, it, it's uh, I love the fact that they're in Salt Lake. That makes it even funnier. Like when he's right. when he's filming the scenes in front of the. Um, the cathedral, you know, the Mormon cathedral. It's so funny. You know, he's this anarchist in front of this. The Mormon cathedral is hilarious. Uh, definitely. Um, Ken. Um, like I said, we we talked a little bit before, but growing up punk rock, and it's still something. I mean, I still have my thank God for punk rock shirt right here. Nice. You know, and I, got, I got the nautical punk rock star tattoo. I mean, it's just something that for me growing up, it, it wasn't like a trend. It was a lifestyle. And this movie was like that blueprint on how to live your life through that. And there's so many times that I would talk to people growing up about punk rock that I was trying to, you know, inform them about what we were doing. And I use so many quotes from this movie to try to make myself seem existentially smarter. Like I knew what the fuck I was talking about when really I didn't. And, um, you know, growing up, I, I was the Matthew Lillard of my high school. You know, I was the guy that had uh, green Liberty spikes and a leather jacket with Ramones patches on the back. And um, it, it all started with friends in my school. And then we morphed into this huge thing. I grew up playing punk rock music, you know, four chords as fast as I possibly could, screaming <laughs> about how unfair it was for a 13 year old white boy growing up in Sand Creek, surrounded by cornfields, you know, like. <laughs> That angsty feeling with nothing to really be angsty about. And um, this movie really, one thing I wanted to talk about is this movie, people would look at the cover of this film and be like, oh, this is just some punk rock movie. There's so much deep meaning and love and emotion that goes with this movie. I cry every Mm -hmm. single time I watch this film. Every time I watch it, I cry like a fucking baby. So. There's not very many movies that can do to me what this film does with the excitement, with the nostalgia, with the emotion, with the laughs. Like there's just so, this movie does so much for me that no other film could possibly do all at one time. Yeah, that's brilliantly put. A lot of a lot of me and like what I have to say is right there. Um, let's hear from Rob. Okay, so let me put it out there that I was not the target audience for this movie at fucking <laughs> all. <laughs> this is this 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 movie uh is is not meant for me uh the only punk i knew was fucking mac because he was the only one in the hood who dressed like that uh fucking balls bro yeah that's why rolling through with chokers and painted nails i need pictures i need pictures and he had he had half hair painted he had half hair it was like half green and half purple you know what i'm saying his shit was half dyed and shit uh, but he was chilling in the middle of us and shit. You know what I'm saying? With with our, with our do rags and shit. And, and I was jewelry. putting them on. They were low key liking the music because they would ask me. They would ask me like, oh, 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 I. Yeah, no, no. A lot of that shit I dug and shit. I didn't really get into like no no punk shit. Until, I got Rob like, into like a uh, blood feast with misfits. Remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just about. I was, I was just about to ask you what the fuck was the name of that band again and shit because I misfits, forgot. Yeah, yeah that's like, right. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, I like that joint. I like that joint a lot. And I like the other joints as, as I went down the rabbit hole after. Yeah, they, put me they're off the horror based. So there's a lot to, you know, relate to with a horror fan. Yeah, but uh, like, like I was saying and shit, uh, uh, it, I I really enjoyed this, though. Um, I, I really like, you know, being on the other side, you know what I'm saying? Looking in, you know, on the outside, looking in, seeing into that punk lifestyle. Like, this was really good. I, I really enjoyed this a lot. Uh, of course, you know, you got Matthew Little there, you know what I'm saying? The National Treasure. Uh, I liked uh, Bob. Uh, Bob was a great character. He's probably my favorite character in the movie. Um, yeah, and uh, I like my homeboy Jason Siegel. Uh, from forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, yes. it, 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 it's hard to watch him in movies now and shit because I keep remembering he showed his dick in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I've seen too much of his dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see, we, we definitely yeah. seen too much of his dick, and that's all I see of uh, Jason Segel. <laughs> no such thing. <laughs> but no, nah, no, nah, this was good. It was like, uh, uh, I can't, I can't say much for the. Y'all yeah, were talking about the soundtrack. I can't say much and shit because that is not a damn thing I recognize on the soundtrack. And it was just like, uh, uh. no, they were when they were playing the classical shit, like, <laughs> yeah, that shit was cool. I like, I like all the classical music and shit. But like, yeah, nah. The, the, and, and then you had my man, uh, uh, uh Devin Sawa and shit. The, uh, uh, as a uh, yeah. Oh, crazy dude yeah 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 he was crazy and shit like uh, he, he he literally had mac hair and shit uh mac well half of mac's hair mac because mac had the greens uh, like had green hair and then the other side was purple you i know was what I'm doing it baby yeah no nah, he really was he really was and shit like i said mac was the only punk i knew that's why i always we used to call mac our favorite white boy um <laughs> i was skateboard up to drug dealers and yeah he really would i grew, I really grew up in bushwick for like my sister like that's where i grew up that all these no one fucked with me they were like yo if you had a problem with max then we'll fight you because we know he ain't that type of dude and i was yeah, like yeah. Yeah, most yeah, definitely. yeah yeah most definitely you know what i'm saying that uh, who's like, white yeah. boy they knew what's up <laughs> Still my favorite white boy. Still my favorite white it boy. Still is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely like this one a lot. This, this was really good. Okay, I'm gonna jump in here. Well, this definitely speaks to people who, you know, are really into punk, you know, and talks about that lifestyle. But really, um, I like sort of the sociological breakdowns of like the tribe. <laughs> these people take these people's asses and all this, and in the end, it's just anarchy and there's blah blah, you know. And but really. This movie, the structure of it would work for any genre of music or lifestyle that you have. So I really think it kind of transcends. Yes, there's punk. And punk is like something that I say what about it is I've always been a punk, but I don't have to, you know, what I love and Summer Phoenix is in there for just like five minutes. But, you know, saying that was the chick he was going to marry, Brandy. But she says, then why do you go out of your way to look like a bum why do you go out of your way to have this costume on just because does that define you she's like i'm not trying to be offensive but like isn't punk rock you know wouldn't that be more in the mind and i have said that for a million years like i'm like i'm very punk do i always look like a punk no you know but it's it's all about it's it's in here it's in here it's your your thought it's you know it's a you know fighting for for change and, and and just you know speaking up and and believing in a cause even you know the their anarchy cause you know obviously that's not going to work i love his part where he's discussing i think his friend is chris who's the hippie and he's like i love these discussions where they're you know he's like well you know the hippie guy was like it's all about order and 
you know, Steve was like, it's all about chaos. And he's like, no, no, no. And I love that back and forth because I think all of us have had similar conversations with friends. Like, cause we all had, you can't say all of our friends were exactly like us. We had friends that did different things. And I think that's part of why I feel nostalgic for it because, you know, um, regardless of whatever type of music or lifestyle or thought pattern you had, you had experiences like this where you sort of had to defend what you liked or, you know, people would question it and you got to have really deep discussions. I love that shit when I was high, like let's get high and talk about something we don't agree on and then just have these really deep discussions. So I love the, that moment. Um, you know, but obviously I am a punk person, but like I said, it's in the mind, you know, I, I fight for the causes I believe in. I, I speak up for what I, I think is right. Uh, I say fuck authority because authority fucking sucks. But I also am at the same point, you know, like if the me from back then met the me from now, I would kick my ass. <laughs> you know, like this is what you grew up to be. You really look at you like you have kids, you live in the suburbs, like you fucking bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I just wanted to throw that up. Fuck authority. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was, I was, you know, she was talking about, you know, the, the nostalgia and, and, you know, the, I get a lot of it from this film, like I said earlier. And so like when I was 13, that was like, I was a skater. I wasn't, I wasn't the punker, you know, I was, I was a skater through and through. And my first brush with punk was when I was 13 we had just moved to this the town we live in now, um, and I'd met this kid who also skated, and he had a Crimson Skull spray painted on his his skateboard deck, and I'd never seen him before. And he's, oh yeah, that's the Misfits, and I'm like, what's the Misfits? And so he ended up giving me a tape, um, and listen, I think it was Earth AD, listened to it, and I was fucking hooked. And so a couple couple weeks after that, he gives me Dead Kennedys, and I'm fucking hooked. And I go I, back then we didn't have the internet, so I'm going through the fucking record store rabbit hole, you know, finding you know Descendants, Exploited, like you know, like all these, the you know, uh, uh, yeah, DOA, and you know, and all this stuff, and and just going down the the rabbit hole. Now I love punk, and I will always love punk, but what got me was metal. I was a metalhead, mm-hmm. and. So here I was growing up, riding a skateboard, listening to metal, but I can kind of relate with the whole like, you know, wearing the costume, wearing the 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 outfits, because even as a skater, skaters had dressed a certain way. Yes. You know, and back then in the, the mid to late 90s, it was big ass baggy clothes, Cringe. big puffy skate shoes. You know what I'm saying? My stepdad's six foot five. I was stealing his polo shirts because they were fucking huge on me. You know what I'm saying? And like, so, so I had, I had an outfit to wear too. And I do, I look back and I'm like, God, what a fucking loser. Like, Jingle you know what I'm saying? Jeans. But, but as far as this movie goes, like the two people I think that relate to me the most, and it's kind of a mixture is Sean and Mark. And the reasoning is because with, you know, with Sean, I was I was the kid that kind of I transcended the clicks and that was because I ate a lot of acid and I was selling a lot of acid. And so the who who was in the clicks it didn't matter they all wanted me around because I was the one that could get the LSD. <laughs> and so I was getting invited to the parties at you know for the jocks and I was hanging out with the kids playing D&D and I was you know I mean I was I was going to all these different parties 
all they cared about was the fucking drugs. And I knew that, you know what I'm saying? But that was fine by me. You know, that was, that was, that was how I got on. And then the conversations he had with Chris, Oh, I love those. you talk about a mind trip. We would drop acid and sit there and have eight hour long conversations about the meaning of life. And, you know, I love that shit. That was the only part of, yeah. And so you know, we would have those conversations and it would it would like totally change your perspective. Your, your mind is open. Right. And and so, I mean, like, you know, so things like that, when when I watch a movie and, and they make me feel nostalgic like that. And that's when I know a movie's done well. You know, it, it made me feel holy shit. I've been there before. I'm you know, yeah. I've had those realizations. You know, I still skate. Now, I, I quit for 15, 16 years. I, I grew up. I had to be a parent. I had to put kids through school, this and the other. But when I turned 40, I was like, this is my midlife crisis. <laughs> I may never get another chance to do this again, so I'm going to fucking do it. And and it's always been with me. I've always loved skateboarding, but I just knew that physically at that time, you know, through that time period of my life, I couldn't do it. Now I'm fucking doing it. And fuck the police. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, I was just, it's funny. You were talking about wearing the costume and stuff. And a lot of that was like when I was in high school, I remember I got so much shit from my peers because I bought system of a downs toxicity record. And I would talk about how fucking great that record was. And they were like, you fucking poser, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, man, like my buddies that were listening to like the descendants and shit like that. I'm like, listen, you're listening to the descendants, which is like a total pop punk thing. They're singing about love and girlfriends and girl trouble. And you're pissed yeah. at me for listening to System of a Down, which is all about bringing, you know, especially if you listen to Toxicity, a lot of those record, the songs on that record are about bringing down the establishment. Like you listen to Deer Dance, you know, pushing little children with their fully automatics. And I'm trying to tell this to people, I'm like, because it's it doesn't have political. to be rock. Yeah, like, and so like, I remember being labeled like a total poser there for a long time, just because I loved System of a Down. And it's funny, like you talk about the costume, but that's really what it was. Like, because if you didn't wear that, you were the outcast of the group so yeah. like in a way like even though they say punk rock is this like all-inclusive thing at, at this time if you didn't dress the part or look the part you were a fucking poser it didn't matter if you were listening to the queers and no effects and rancid if you didn't look like a punk you weren't a fucking punk and, and i think that's one of the wisdoms that comes with age and that's what that's what i'll say about this movie the more you watch this movie the more you get to that point of you don't have to wear the uniform to be punk rock punk rock is a state of mind it's the style of music you love it's the person that you are that's what's punk rock not the you know the dress that you have on so um i just always remember that my friends would be like you fucking poser because i was like i knew every song to that record front and back and i was like dude it's a fucking great record you guys should actually check it out there's more punk than a lot of the shit you guys are actually listening to just because <laughs> right. it's tuned to drop c with a lot of open punk notes doesn't mean it's not fucking the message isn't totally <laughs> punk bringing down the establishment yeah. Um, Mac. Uh, let me just say, man. Hell yeah. System of a Down. First self-titled, man. Like, that, so much of, like, just, that's a whole different conversation. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I no, think. No, let me tell you, not to cut you off, Mac, but yeah, this, this motherfucker, System of a Down, he's, since the beginning, 
That's my, that's I, 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 I had to, I had I had to listen to that shit so many times and shit. Yeah. No, like dead ass and shit. I be trying to get high and shit. We be trying to smoke weed in this motherfucking place. Yo, but they never down. told like, me to turn it off. So what are you gonna do? Wait, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, no. I was I, I, at first, I was like, dude, can we get some Nas in here? What the fuck is this bullshit? And he's like, no, no, they're dope, dude. They're dope, they're dope. You gotta listen to it. And then I was like, all right, all right, all right. let me not shit on the homie. You know what I'm saying? Let him get it. Yeah, but uh, I think like. Uh, you were saying the younger me would probably, yeah, definitely beat the older me. But I think the younger me might understand with age also comes knowledge. Like uh, Sledgehammer said, you don't have to dress the part. It's the music. It's what you love. So I think I learned that about 21 where I was like, all right, chokers, UFOs, jinkos, that stuff got to go. Yeah, I got to be a productive member of society. I got to get a job. Bills need to be paid. But if you still hold on to the music and uh, yeah, definitely fuck this, you know, fuck the system. You kind of need the system. But if it's going down, I'm definitely fighting to fuck them. Like, you know what I mean? Whatever. Right. But right, right now we need the system. So, nah, you know, like it's there. You'll, you'll always have it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Dave. Yeah, I got two points. I'm going to pass it to Crystal. But my first point is we talked about you wish you could have recorded. Listen to the conversation you had when you were high. I want to tell you. In college, we did this experiment once, me and some friends. We put a cassette in and we hit record and we started smoking weed. And we recorded ourselves. And let me tell you, we played it back. We sounded like a bunch of dumb fucks. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if that's everyone's case, but I remember listening. To, we were listening to it like straight the next day. And we were just like babbling incoherently and laughing at like Donald Duck noises. It just made no sense. So I'm not sure that that's such a great idea. Like, like that we're so wise when we're high. I think we just think we are. And yeah. Straight it right. And when you're in the moment, sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah sometimes. But but uh, on the outside of it, I just remember us just being dumb fucks, just like eating Cheetos and orange juice and just being stupid. But uh, I, I can uh, imagine Dave like, hey, we got to get high and listen to this so we sound better. Yeah, but, but, so when you're straight and you listen to yourself high, you're like, it's so cringe. It's like, oh my god, did we really just go on for eight minutes about you know Gilligan's Island and you know. <laughs> Yeah, it was like that. Uh, But also, but the whole point of the the whole heart of this movie is Steve-O's journey. At the beginning, he's so hardcore. He's so into like, you know, what is punk rock? And then, and then he goes through this journey. And then when he meets that girl, I forgot her name at the end. Randy. Yeah. And she asks him that question. Well, why do you, you know, do why do you dress the way you do? Isn't that part of the establishment? You know, she's like asking him what is true anarchy. So I think that's a journey we all go through. We think we're somebody. And as life goes on, we th- we change and we think, okay, am I a sellout now because I'm not that? So that's the whole crux of this movie is his journey. I mean, at the end of the movie, he's got his head shaved and he's ready to go off to law school. He bought in. And, and like, he's still talking he about in, changing, yeah. the, changing the system from within, but he realized you have to engage with it to some, at some point or you wind up like, what was the dude's name? We wind up the beggar on the corner. Sean. You know? Yeah, you wind up as Sean shaking the – shaking. although the scene when he goes for the job interview is one of the funniest things. I have ever seen. That is comedy gold. Yeah. Why was experiencing girls' clothes? <laughs> yeah, that was so like good, a, man. Look like a transvestite. Like, I, love, <laughs> I, love the, I love the lady. She's like, no, you're just. I just love. That's a great scene. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna pass it off. Um. So I like the fact that you don't have to wear the uniform to be part of the army. You know, I think that speaks volumes. I was not the target demographic, but I went to the theater to see this movie. Um, but 
uh, I went to the theater to see this movie because, and y'all can rag my ass, Devin Sawa is my teen crush. Sean is the reason I went to see the movie. Like, yeah. drove my ass up so there. And, yes, yes, got it. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, like, I was telling Dave so much about him that I was like, you got to follow his Twitter page. He's he's on the, the new Chucky series, you know, kind of thing, and he's very funny. But I love this because I really feel like I identify with that mod that could just, was able to, <laughs> to transgress through the different groups. In high school, I was the last person you would have thought listened to punk. I was a cheerleader. I was in the band. Um, I was in the 4-H club. I was in the beta club. And I was, you know, top of the class. Nobody would have thought that I listened to punk, but I listened to everything. So I was able to hop and hop and hop and hop uh, across the platforms. Yeah, and I think that's that's super interesting because it's very similar to my journey. Um, you know, I wasn't part of the stoners, but I was there. I wasn't, I mean, I did cheerleading for a while, then went on to drama because I decided fuck cheerleading. And then, um, you know, but I was popular with, you know, I was just popular in high school. And it was like I could move amongst the tribes. But I liked my punk music. I got a lot of people into it. But I also have this weird thing. <laughs> so here's 14-year-old Candy. And I listen to fucking Bob Dylan. And I would listen to everything. And people come to my house, you know, because my house is the party house. My mom didn't fucking care. And so we'd be getting high. And i put on some Bob Dylan. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Folk music? And I'm like, yeah, dude, this is like original punk shit right here. He was fighting for causes and he didn't give a fuck like this is punk like it's really not defined by a sound it's a thought mentality and i was listening to you know david bowie like shit that nobody was listening to in high school and there were you know of course my punk stuff but i was i got into punk at a really early age and you know my best friend was always like pushing glam metal on me and i finally you know had like an affection for that but i'll be i would be like um check out ramon's first album she's like fuck that shit it's not metal and i'm like don't be like that don't be so goddamn close-minded i like everything and country's not in that conversation i hate country music but everything else i will <laughs> and then oh, i'm sorry the ramones the ramones are metal i don't care what anybody fucking says I think that they're they're punk, but you know, definitely they well, were their the first. attitude is totally fucking. It's just I, I could agree with that attitude, but I, their I music like is that, punk. Uh, that rivalry yeah, with that, the I sex don't mean their pistols. style of music, but just their attitude is like that time that they pissed in the Sex Pistols beer. Nice. I was like, you go, you do your yeah, thing. That's, that's it was just a thing sense. because everybody always thought who started punk was it the Ramones? Was it you know the Sex Pistols? I'm on Team Ramones because. What they did was uh, genius, and they did it before the Sex Pistols. And Johnny Rotten sells out there running his fucking mouth. And um, <laughs> he, he only did one fucking album. And Sid Vicious, he joined after the album, and he was just and he couldn't play the bass at all. And I'm like, so uh, the Ramones though, they got that talent. So what are we CBGB's. doing? I you guys from New York, fucking CBGBs is where it started, man. God, I wish I could go back in time, and if I, if I could, I, I would go there. I do too, but. That time and age wasn't too cool for my people, so. <laughs> Whatever, you're all right. You're the coolest white boy we know. Yo, real talk, <laughs> but my mom used to tell me, I know it's a segue, but it's in the topic, that if I was alive back then, I would have been cool because I'd love the music so much. Yeah. And then I look at her and I was like, yeah, but that was also the time they were sicking dogs. Right, <laughs> people. So I don't Back think. Was so inclusive, and and then we had also. Georgia, you couldn't have drank from the same fucking water fountain as me. No. Right. 
You had yeah. to enter in the balcony of the movie Ugh. theater. Fucking but the music was up. so good. I know. It's it's one of those things. Um, I wanted to kind of jump to the movie just really quickly uh, before I hand this off. Um, I love that this movie, the 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 format of it, that it's all Steve-O's narration. You know, almost from the it's from the time after everything has happened. You know, from the the Steve-O that we see at the end. I'm just if, fuck you if you're thinking it that I'm just another goddamn poser or whatever. You know, that Steve-O is the one telling us the story, and he breaks the fourth wall a lot, which I really like. So I really think that this movie packs most of its punch with his narration. Um, you know, recalling these stories and these friends and these people he hung out with from, you know, the wiser and older Steve-O that, you know, Steve that he became. And I think we could all do that. You know, like, here's the story. I'm I'm involved, but I'm going to break the fourth wall. And I'm sort of doing this from a perspective of more wisdom and, you know, growth as a person. Because if you pigeonhole yourself into these labels, you don't grow. And if you follow the rules, like, why why is he following the rules of punk? He gets it. He understands that, like, that's not what punk is. And the ending, you find out it was always Bob. Like, you never would have suspected that because Steve-O, like, took it on so hardcore with his armor that Bob was the one that started it. And he gave Bob so much shit, always calling him a poser. And it's like, because of Bob, he had an identity that was way cooler than his rush listening to D&D player. You know what I'm saying? Like that part of wisdom. And I think we've all reached that. I mean, obviously we're all older and uh, some of us have, have kids and have been married and, you know, like looking back, it's like you, you could tell that story with much more wisdom. And that's what works here. It works beautifully. I think if it was just like a straight movie without the narration and the insights and that breaking the fourth wall. I don't think we, the movie would pack the punch that it does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and real quick before we move on to uh, Ken, I just. The quote that I had originally chosen for this, um, I changed my mind because it was – I relate with it, but I changed my mind cause, just because it was so long. Um, but I'm going to read it real quick. There's no future in anarchy. I mean let's face it. But when I was into it, there was never a thought of the future. I mean we were certain the world was going to end, but when it didn't, I had to do something, so fuck it. And that was like my mentality when I was a kid all the way up into my early 20s because – you know, when I graduated high school, I was in a band. I was in a metal band. I was a singer, screamer, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I I didn't give a fuck. And I tried doing the college thing, and I was getting a lot of pressure from my mom. And I know now as an adult, she just wanted the best for me. But it was so much pressure that I was like, no, fuck that. I want to be a rock star. I want to I want to fucking do the music thing. And so that's what I did. And I I was doing it, and I was drinking a fucking fifth of Jägermeister every night, and I was we were fucking partying hard, and the whole band lived in a house, you know, by the by ourselves, and some dragon sound shit, and we were just we were just getting wasted, and just doing the stupidest shit, and that was that yeah, but that was my that was my thought process was that I'm not gonna survive this, so I'm just gonna enjoy life now as it is and now here i am at 41 with three kids and i'm like you know every day is a new experience for me because i wasn't supposed to live this long you know that that was my mentality at the time like i was not supposed to live this long and you know it, it was an eye-opening experience and that's why i bought in yeah mm -hmm. you kind of have to almost uh ken um one thing i do want to talk about is being in high school and being punk, I mean, people got to remember this isn't like it is now. 
like back then being a nerd being a punk rock dude it wasn't cool like it is now like i remember i see all these chicks with like nerds or hot shirts i'm like fuck you dude because i wasn't fucking hot in school and i read (laughs) spider-man and i listened to punk rock i was a fucking nerd like people fucking hated me because i was so different and i had the straight and and they're like what a fucking nerd it, it was it totally was and i wasn't the sexy nerd i was like the unsexy nerd you know like i was like the fucking uh ishmael amish guy and kingpin like that was the nerd <laughs> style that i was like and then you want to talk about like you were just talking about country music and how you don't like country music but i think country music really did have a hand in inventing punk rock with like johnny cash like oh, i think yeah. johnny cash I like johnny that's cash. a great punk point that's a great point and so I think without that country music influence, we wouldn't have had the punk rock that we had. And punk rock is so wide, like such a wide genre. The Beastie Boys started as a punk rock, punk rock band called the Young Aborigines in New York. And then they just seen some dudes hanging out with their boom boxes and they kind of started getting into the hip hop rap thing. And they just, you know, totally molded and blended it. So, I mean, punk rock has its fingerprints in every single genre, whether it be country, rap, rock, metal. They all started somewhere. And I, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of country music. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like singing about my big green tractor and shit. But I really think <laughs> without not? that Johnny Cash country, we wouldn't well, have gotten see, the punk Cash rock that we had. Johnny that I allow. You know, like, okay, mm-hmm. we can we can do Johnny Cash or we can do Patsy Klein. There's a limit. Uh, because right. it, in Indiana, country music is everywhere. And I'm just like, get it away. I, I grew up with my grandma listening to fucking Conway Twitty, and he is definitely not punk. Right. Well, I mean, it's, 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 you know, like, but I also have people that come to me nowadays talking about fucking, uh, like, Fall Out Boy being a punk band. Like, Fall Out Boy to me has never been a punk band. To they're me, like there's a huge emo, difference. They're emo pop punk. I still like yeah. Fall Out Boy, though. I will they, they definitely I'll emo. Be. Yeah, there, there's always I been that difference that between pop though, punk and punk rock to me and like emo that's a word i hate man like and i'm not trying to I bash you guys for saying the word please don't take that but i was emo kid kenny for in high school like and i didn't oh, know like what emo well, like i didn't know what it was man i was like what the fuck is emo and people are like oh it's emotional music i was like if you're not making emotional music are you making fucking music at all right like, nah but that's that emotional. music that you put on when you want to hate yourself and like make yourself cry I've been there, flip your hair back and stuff. I just feel like represented with uh, emo and pop punk. Um, You know, it's not something, you know, and and I would totally get shit for that. But it was like, you know, and when emo and and, and the newer wave of pop punk happened, you know, I was uh, already a a mom. And it was like, aren't you a little old for that? I'm like, I'm fucking 21. Fuck you. Well, see, and and it's funny because this is a true story. I was at a party one night. We were all fucked up and I was drinking. And a buddy of mine walked up to me and he like hit me in the back and he was like, Hey, emo kid, Kenny, how many emo kids does it take to screw in a light bulb? I was like, I don't know how many. And he was like, none. They just sit in the dark and cry. You pussy. And he punched me in the arm. And I was like, I'm going to go screw in a light bulb somewhere. And like, <laughs> it's one of those things where like, and this movie totally had that influence. Cause all my friends were punk rock. So when I started to get into like more melodic stuff, like newfound glory dashboard confessional the descendants was one that i really got into really hard i became an emo kid and i'm like because i don't want to have to scream about how i hate the government and authority all the time that doesn't make me any less of a punk and that's what i love so that's where it's turning back to the movie this movie ends with that fact of you don't have to be 
punk all the time, all the way, as long as you have that anarchy in your heart and that hate for authority in your heart all the time, you're always a punk rock person, no matter what clothing you have on, no matter what music you're listening to at that moment. And punk honestly, rock is just all about slum. If I can interrupt for a second, the revelation is that to be a successful punk, you need to play with the system. You need to assimilate and you can't always just go around jobless like I don't give a fuck, it doesn't matter. No, Unless if you, you're rich. you want to accomplish things, you need ambition. You have to have ambition to carry out these things that you want to do and be. If you're rich though, you could be the ultimate punk if that's the life you want to live. But well, I mean, you're that was right. Though. He was a rich boy. Yeah, nah, like I don't know if I was rich and like I didn't really have to worry about money. Yeah, I might be a 37-year-old still, like, wild out because I ain't got to worry about nothing. Yeah. Why would I have experience with women's clothing, man? <laughs> oh, oh I, I Halloween. That. Halloween. That's how I got my experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you were talking about, you know, uh, feeling in music. I just had this conversation the other day. I'm a, I listen to all kinds of music. You can catch me one day and I'm rocking out Mob Deep and Wu-Tang yep. Clan. And the next day, I'm listening to some fucking hardcore deathcore fucking angel brain, yeah, angel maker yeah, fucking animal yeah. corpse and shit. And so I'm at work the other day, and I'm listening to this fucking deathcore album, right? And this guy comes up to me, and he's like, how can you listen to that? Like, you can't even understand what they're saying. And I'm like, dude, when I listen to this, it makes me feel like I can rip a fucking phone book in half. Like, <laughs> like I don't – doesn't to me, it doesn't sure. matter what they're fucking saying. Like, if I put this shit on at 7 o'clock in the morning while I'm driving into work, I, I can I can fucking take the day like it gets me through my day. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I, I was glad when angry music, you know, having angry music in my life, and people are like, "Oh, Candy, you're not a very angry person." Inside, I am very angry, and so I listen to very <laughs> angry music sometimes. You got hate in your heart, let it out. Fucking like furious person. <laughs> you know, I got I got a lot of that stored up inside. You know, and yeah. I, I think music is a wonderful release for that because then I'm not going around being a Karen and or being a cunt to everybody. You know what I'm saying? You know. Whatever. You will uh, go viral if you Karen. You will go viral, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to be a Karen. My mom too. I tell her stop it. Like, don't get caught out there, because my mom will <laughs> go viral as well. Angry music, and I, it helps me deal with my feelings, and then I'm not angry um, to yeah. everyone else. It's like an anger that's inside that I'm, you know, experiencing and kind of releasing through this me- music, you know. Um, so, yeah, so I'm not angry. That's how I deal with anger. Music. Uh, Dave. Well, that's a, not my main point, but that's the thing I love about music is it, it, it you can find it to fit whatever mood you're in that day or that moment. And mm-hmm. I'm at work. Some days I listen to, you know, a Dark Side of the Moon because I just want to chill and just go away. And some days I'm in a bad mood. I'll listen to the Ramones or something really angry, you know, or, or the, the Misfits, which you guys introduced me to. I love. Yeah, uh, this is like so that. great. And that's the great thing about music. I don't. I hate people who like uh, diss any particular. I mean, we're talking about Johnny Cash. We were at a club over the weekend, and the best picture they've got. They've got pictures of rock stars and, and, and artists all over. The best picture they've got is Johnny Cash flipping that middle finger. Johnny Cash was a bad motherfucker. Yeah, that, he was. That's, that, so that was a great point. Johnny Cash was a great example. But my point was the thing about Bob. Bob was the heart of this movie. Because at the beginning, we think Steve-O is the cool punk and that Bob is just kind of weird. He's weird. He doesn't do drugs. He only drinks beer and smokes cigarettes. But then when we meet Bob's father, we realize why Bob is the way he is, where Steve-O 
has no, not you need an excuse, but he has no uh, overt reason to be the way he is. He's, his parents loved him. His mother's still supportive. I love that scene where they're talking to him and he's like, he's like, yeah, ma. And he's got that terrible uh, wig, the terrible bald wig on with the big giant mohawk. I love that. It's like a scrotum on his head. It does. We tell you, it looks like a scrotum. Oh. But that's as we learned that Bob is the real, he has every excuse to be mad at everything. And yeah. he's, almost, he's almost childlike innocent. He's innocent. And that he was the one that, you know, hey, we're going to be punks, you know, let's fuck this D&D shit, fuck Rush, you know, they're counted and all. But then he's like, also the one who, who, who starts to not sell out, he starts to change. He's in love with that chick, I can't remember her name, the bohemian one. He's he's in love Rich. with her. We're gonna get, she's like a poet, dude. You know what I mean? He's like innocent, he's almost innocent. And, and so she's only part of this movie. Where at the end, which is why at the very ending of it, I don't know if I, are we giving away spoilers here? Well, I mean, we might as well. I mean, the movie's been out since 1998. When he finds him dead, it's such a gut punch. I, yeah. know, I know, I'm starting to get schwitzy. It's such a gut punch because he was the heart of the reason that, that Steve-O became the way he was. He was, he, you know, and I'm sorry, I'm going to get a little schwitzy. Yeah, oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. And and he dies because he does the one thing that they say he, he never did any drugs. He never did. He, yep. he, he fucking, I'm going to you know? come back to Bob's Perfect. death, but something Perfect. I want to talk about is today. Like, we talked about how when we were young, being punk rock, we wore the uniform. The uniform now, it, it's the same uniform, but it's not for punk people anymore. Like, the people that I look at now that are like the they punk buy hot topic. They go to Hot Topic and buy a misfit shirt. <laughs> but I mean, like, not even that, but like, I see girls with like, like hair dye and like torn out jeans and like shit. And I'm like, Hey, what kind of music is to? And they're like, uh, Iggy Azalea. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like it's, this is cool now. Like what the fuck is going on? Like, and that to me is again, the uniform, just like with a police officer, the uniform can be very misleading just cause you have it on. doesn't mean you're there for the right reason. And right. if you see, you know, these younger people that are wearing all these punk rock looking things, they're not always going to be punk rock. They're just, it's the cool thing to do now. You know, it's like the Miley Cyruses and the Iggy Azaleas. And I don't know any other ones because I'm a fucking old man. Lady but, Gaga, but I think she's cool as fuck. Yeah, like th- those, that's what makes it cool now. And then the way, that's what makes the punk look cool without having the punk rock attitude. So that to me is where the uniform part of it just doesn't fucking matter. But I do want to go back real quick to you were talking about, um, the death in the movie, Matthew Lillard's performance there is on par with anything he's ever done with the spitting, the crying, you fucking poser, only posers die. And then the heartbreak of now I don't have any friends. You were my only friend. What am I going to do? Like all of us that grew up in that punk rock world, because even though, like I said, we weren't cool then there was that isolation of it, just us punks. It was us versus everybody. And you, you had that person that was your Steve-O to your Bob. And you're watching that and then you're thinking of that one person that now I don't have any friends. You know, I've lost you and you were the one that was keeping me going. You're the one that started me. And now who am I without you? And, and not in a romantic way, but in a completely I love you type of way. Now that's gone. Who do I have now? Now that my love is gone. And that is, that's one of the, like I said, every single time I watch this movie, I cry. Like I'm in Dumb and Dumber watching a car commercial because I just can't take it. Like this is it's the saddest thing to learn and it, it takes us back uh, that really makes me feel like i'm looking at josh miller saying you're dead and who am i now i am me because of you you are what made me what where do i go now i don't know who to be without you because without you i wouldn't be me so now who am i you know and that that's that existential crisis of i've lost who made me 
you know, and not in a parental way. And like I said, not in a romantic way, but in who I am as a human being, it's because of you. And now you're gone. How do I go on and learn new things without you? And th- that's why I think this movie is so fucking perfect. Like we'll get to the ratings, but man, when it comes to the perfection of a movie and me being a huge horror movie guy, I could put this movie on, you know, I'll be rocking that party eight days a week. Cause I could watch this movie at any time and absolutely love it with all my heart. Absolutely. Um, Mac. So I think that last, what, 20 minutes is like a crazy catalyst of like how his world is changing. His friend is falling in love. Then he's in he meets a girl and it's always a female, right? That'll get you thinking a little bit more than what you were thinking about at that present time. And then his friend dying, like that was the final push to be like, All right, like you gotta kinda get your shit together. Like, you know what I mean? You feel you have nothing, but you have nothing because y'all were running like nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Almost like you could have had more friends if you didn't feel so vulnerable and like keep to yourself and maybe put yourself out there. And I don't know, that whole situation, like always put me in my little bag. Um, Yeah. I want to jump in and, and give my thoughts on the ending. Um, It's definitely, um, you always have that one friend. You know, and that, you know, it's like Ken was saying, it's not like a, you know, romantic love. It's not, I mean, it's something else and it's something more. We have that friend and I have that friend. Um, And it's just like, you know, the part where where, when he, when um, Matthew Lillard had to do that scene, they cleared the set because he was, he had to get in a very vulnerable place. Uh, when he finds uh, Bob's body. So the set was cleared, except for like the director, cameraman and whatever, and he's doing the scene and he had to pull up memories of losing his dad. And that's why that scene is so real. Why it it hits you the way that it hits you, like sucker punches you because that's real. I mean, he's crying in it. And when we lose somebody like that's that important in our lives, don't we say those questions? You know, the, what he was saying, what he was feeling, the way he was crying. I mean, it was real. But, you know, like, who do, who's going to be my friend now? Like, you know, I have these people I know, but you were my friend. And what am I supposed to do now? I wasn't ready for this. And in any death that is of someone that's close to us, you know, we ask, you know, well, why? Why? You know, he's asking all the questions like, what am I? Who am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do without you? And, um. Yeah, it, it hits a little close to home for me. I mean, it always got to me, but, you know, uh, you guys know my my story of losing uh, somebody I was friends with for over 30 years. Uh, she's like my best friend. Like, it, you know, it, it once she died, uh, it gave a new feeling to that. Like, what am I going to do now? Like, I wasn't ready for this. And... Uh, like I said, that's every death, but there's that one person who really your identity was almost chained to that person. And, uh, you know, that happened to me a couple of years ago. And it's like, yeah, we weren't on the best of terms at that point, but it was just like she existed in the world and there was always time to fix it. But there wasn't I'm, I wasn't ready for this. And so that part just, just breaks my heart, you know, but it definitely was the catalyst for him to change. Like, you know, OK. I'm still punk and it's it's in my mind, but you know, I've got to go on with my life. I can't be dead. I can't, this can't be like, you know, the end of me too. You know, I have to go on. 
and and that's just like the grieving process right there and it showed us you know what it does to us and in in sort of a, a really quick like almost you know reader's digest way like it happens so fast at the end because we've had all this build up but like yeah were any of us ready for that you know i'm not ready for this you know what I mean? And that, that it just, I cry every, last time we are watching it, I'm over there laying on my side, like fucking bawling, you know? So. Yeah. And just, you know, briefly to touch on that scene, I mean, that it really was a gut punch. You know, I remember the first time we watched it, like I totally did not expect that to happen. And uh, because the, the scene where he, you know, where he pops the pills, like he, it happened so quick. Like you just don't even really think about it. You know, it didn't even cross my mind. And and Matthew Lillard in that scene, um, I, I dare say acting. I mean, that was a fucking performance. Yes. And, and it was visceral. And, you know, it really did. You know, it choked me up to see that. I it's not something that I experienced at that age. You know, I not that I didn't experience death. I had you know family members that had passed, but I never had any close friends that passed uh, with with me. It was always, you know. People changed and moved on. And that's how, you know, the friends that I had in high school that, that I was thick as thieves with, you know, would just one day out of nowhere, they would start dating somebody who was different and they changed for them. And then they just never came around anymore. But it still had a similar feel to it where it was like, now that you're gone, you're not a part of my my circle of friends. Like, how am I going to continue? How am I going to keep this going? You know, and eventually it got to a point to where I was the one that did that when I was 21 and I found out that I was going to have a kid on the way. I I had to put everything else in my life on hold. And the second my daughter was born, none of my friends came around. They all just kind of vanished. They all kind of disappeared because they were still doing their thing and, you know, partying, playing shows, getting drunk, you know, all this shit. And I couldn't do that anymore because I had this little baby to raise and everybody just kind of vanished. And, and that definitely happens. Uh, you know, when I got pregnant, it was just suddenly the death knells of all of that for me. Like, you know, I now I have to be responsible for this tiny human and you change. And but we've seen change before. Like he said, it could be symbolic as like, you know, like as an asexual in, in high school. I didn't know that I that's what it was. I just thought it was fucking weird. But like watching my friends slowly trickle off to guys or girls that they met. And I'm like. I, I'm the only one left. I'm hardcore. No, you're asexual, Candy. You don't care about getting laid or getting with guys or girls or anything. You don't care about that shit. And so I was like, you know, I would be sort of angry at them. Like, why would you desert me for a guy for a for dick? You know, dicks, dicks more important than me. Like, what the hell? You know, I don't know. Uh, Dave. Well, the, the core of Steve-O's journey in this movie is is people most important to him sort of leaving him, peeling away from him. And for one reason or another, you've got, you know, well, Bob, obviously, uh, Trish winds up screwing some other guy, he finds him together, right? And he, and then it's when he- Sandy. Sorry, I'm sorry, Sandy. And that's when he realized, and he says something interesting there. He says he realizes he was part of a system there because he was mad at the guy. Oh, me and Sandy had an arrangement, but he's mad at the guy for being on his turf. So he realizes he's part of a system. Uh, uh, Sean becomes a beggar, so he goes off, does his, you know, his thing. Mark leaves. Mark walks into the head shop and says, "Hey, I'm leaving." Everyone's leaving him. Everyone that was part of this, this, his life of his, everyone's leaving for one reason or another. 
Uh, Mike says he's going to go off and save the plants. You know, every, I think that's that's the crux of his journey is he's got this core set of beliefs surrounded by people and they're all leaving for one reason or another. And it's leaving him alone, you know, to try to figure out what he is. And, and I, I think that's interesting that that's the, the, the emotional impact of this movie. The emotional points are all these different people leaving him. Yeah. And how it's basically because, like I said, he's telling the story from later on at, from a place of wisdom and gives like, you know, just breaks that fourth wall and kind of just, you know, and he does focus on these specific characters that were really important to him. And just telling this little time capsule of when he changed, you know, because he was most resistant to it. Yeah, he was the most, and he had the least reason, at least as far as we can tell, he had the least reason to be so rebellious. Like I was saying, you know, he's obviously this uh, privileged white, you know, upper middle class household. I mean, they show that his dad's driving a Porsche. Uh, I love the actor who plays his dad. Christopher McDonald's so funny. He plays, it so, he plays it so deadpan and so funny. The interchange between him and the wife, you know, uh, fuck you, dear. It's just so funny. It's so, <laughs> it's, so uncom- it's so uncomfortable. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, Rob, let's hear you weigh in. Yeah, no, let's no, hear no. you weigh in, Rob. I, I have no idea what the guys, what you guys are fucking talking about. Not a fucking clue. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm completely, I'm completely lost here. Um, <laughs> no, I mean. It could be about punk. It could be about you know your own kind of thing. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, like, like I said, that this this movie was, I, I thought it was good, but uh, I don't know. It, um, I, I really don't know what else to say about it. Well, I'm telling you guys, it didn't like speak to him. Like, yo, like, no, no, Mac, Mac is correct and shit. I'm, I'm on pawn on this one and shit uh how he feels and shit when he's in the action discord and shit he has no idea what the what the fuck uh, any of us are talking about and shit i have really no idea what the fuck any of y'all are talking about he right didn't now. live this life like this movie was I, 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 I did not like i mean i mean to be honest and shit the only reason i watched it because candy ass and shit and of course you know when candy asked me to watch something i'll do it and shit but it really doesn't speak to me but i thought it was good you know i just thought you know maybe it could apply to your own sort of lifestyle uh it's not really no. about the music um, no. Just sort of like a mind frame or like a time capsule in your life. Oh yeah, no, no. Well, I, I, I did, I did agree with y'all when it's like you know, it, it's you know when you was like punk is not a, a, a outfit, it's a way of life, and it's like the same thing with us. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, you know, the hood is with me wherever I go and shit. I don't there need to go. fucking. There we go. I, I don't need to fucking rock the do rags like. Well, I ain't got no fucking hair to to be rocking do rags anyway. <laughs> yeah. The country yeah. is with me. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying, and I, I don't, I don't really need to do that shit. Uh, you know, the 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 do rags or the bandanas or the fitted caps and all that shit, or the, you know, the high price kicks and all that shit. But you know, I'm I'm definitely still hood. The still the hood is still with me wherever I go. You know what I'm saying, no matter what. You know, I I don't I don't need uh, you know a fucking uh, colorful Power Rangers outfit and shit to digni- you know to signify that. You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm hood wherever. You know what I'm saying? And it's like I mean I'm not I'm not hood. You know what I'm saying? Like to the point where it's like. You know, like like I used to be and shit. I've definitely that's mellowed out. That's the point of the movie. You're not what you used to be. A point of change. This movie's about change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I I get that and shit. But uh, everything else other than that and shit, you know, I'm fucking lost. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get this is Max Wheelhouse and shit. I'm 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 on. I'm no, on the yo, just look- switch out the Ramones for Nas and Jay Z. You good, yeah, man? Yeah, I mean it's yeah. really the same story. Like like where 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 uh uh Sean was talking about listening to Deathcore, ripping phone books. That's how I was with MOP and the locks and all that shit. Right. Uh, you know, Style Speed really got me wanting to fight a motherfucker every time I listened to him and shit. You know, uh I, I put on shoot him in the head, shoot him in the head. That shoot shit him was in the so face annoying. 
Uh, shut the fuck that, up. Shut when up. They, when they wanted to be all tough guys. Oh, man. We, we wanted like, to be? Now? We wanted to be? Well, back then, yeah, I wanted to be. No, now you is are. Is that what you want to be now? No, hell no. So I, I'm very much a pacifist at this point, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't think, I don't believe in fighting and all that shit. I mean, until push comes to serve, then I will pass a fist to a motherfucker's face. But so Lord. if you could go back to your 17-year-old self, what would you think? What would you say? That's the whole point of this movie, right? I, 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 I tell I that motherfucker, you wallin', bro. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> Chill the fuck out, right? We were, we were. Yo, yo, like, me and Mac talk about that shit all the time. Like, yo, dude, like, the shit we were doing back then was out of control. Like, yeah, like Mac was like, yeah. I, like, scared later, you're like, oh, shit, that was dangerous. What the yeah, fuck are we doing? Like, yeah, like, you a sellout. It makes you, you know, like, you bought in. Player. Right. <laughs> right, like, you, me and Mac, we get high, like, one, two in the morning and shit, go out <laughs> doing some reckless shit, you know what I'm saying? And then it's like, we, th- we think back to, like, you know, the, the the fucking adults that were telling us like go the fuck aside and shit like now we're the adults that told, told fuck us fuck you bitch like, <laughs> the fuck out of here just chill out with the fucking door. like yo remember how Charles used to be mad at us because we we used to be on the stupid shit making all the fucking noise and shit mad high right? yeah yeah that, yeah, that was just the fucking, this. yeah his 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 pop, his step pops uh, Charles he was a nice fucking guy and shit well his ex step pops um <laughs> but we used to be on the fucking stupid shit making all the fucking noise and shit being all high the rockets. And, all yo, and, and he used to be mad because you know he wanted to go to sleep, go to work in the morning and shit. And we like, yo, fuck out of here. And now, now, and now respectful. Like, we right, like, right, yo, no. go yeah, inside, exactly. N word, go inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? And now it's, it's like, that, that's us and shit. Like, yo, look at these yeah, motherfuckers outside making the noise. I want to go to work in the morning. Shut the fuck up and shit. If I, I go out there, yeah. and shit. something, you know, like go to fuck it, like chill the fuck out, man. Right, like you know, you you got to switch it up and shit. But like you know, I'm you know, I I don't think I'm that different. Uh, I'm 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 a lot different, but not that different. I, I the hooks will go with me wherever I, I go. I feel like me, but like I'm a new improved I'm, version yeah. because I have wisdom now. Yeah, yeah. and and just uh, to give to give you a little bit of perspective, like I said, I quit skating for 15 years. I started skating at 40, and here I am, the oldest motherfucker at the skate park, hanging out with fucking 15, 16 year old kids, and they all like. I can tell that they they know that I'm older, but they still try to talk to me like I'm like young, like I'm their age. And, you know, they're all fucking they got these skaters have these fucking like styles of fist bumps that, you know, is not just a normal fist bump. Wait, we got fist bumps. Show me some fist bumps like they do. There's there's like two snaps and then a fist bump. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. and, and like, so I'm not, I'm the guy that when the guy, you know, when they come up to fist bump and I've got my hand up for the high five and then it's awkward because then they go for the five and I go Are for the fist, fist bump, you know? So it's Are like, you grab so their I, fist. Yeah. Yeah. You don't ever say paper covers rock, bitch. You grab. Right. Anymore. It's so right. Yeah. Nah, chilling, chilling with the youngsters is is funny, but it's like weird because. Uh, oh, I, I love chilling I, with my niece. Cool. I, I be chilling, yo, I be chilling with my nephew and shit. He be telling me shit, and I just be like, little motherfucker, what? Like, you know, what they I'm saying? do make my niece <laughs> yeah. definitely right. makes me feel old. Like, like, yo, like I'm yeah. only thirty seven. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, like, uh, he be telling me about shit he be doing with his homies, like, yo, what the fuck are you talking about, little bro? Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't understand the fucking words you talk about, not a fucking word. Another movie like Mean Girls, where she's like, I'm not a regular mom, I'm a cool mom. And that's me, because I really think that I'm cool, but, you know, I find out that I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, here this whole time, I thought I was a badass. Like, I was the coolest mom ever. And, you know, and no, I'm not cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, no, I like people think I'm fucking cool, but that's when you know. I mean, like in your 40s, you're like, oh shit, I I haven't been cool. I, I thought it was cool, but no, I'm not. See, the, 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 the key to being a cool parent is just, just to get that shit out of your head. Stop thinking you're a cool parent and what? just be yourself. And I can't shit. wait to have kids so I can embarrass like, their asses. Like yo, like, 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 uh, like yo, my my, my, my parent, my parents were the coolest motherfuckers ever and shit. But you know, they didn't have no problems being parents and shit. But they used to let Mac and us and shit get in the crib and smoke weed and all that shit. And then you know, they used to they they, they used to smoke with us and shit. And then like yeah, you know, mom, like, their, their like mom my mom, you heard her. She's pretty cool, but she's like not cool. Like you know, what I'm saying? no, 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 exactly. Mom's about to turn sixty, and she's definitely not the cool person she was in her thirties when I was in high school. You know what I'm saying? Like she's not cool anymore, and and she's so fucking uptight. And I'm like, please, if I can ask for anything, that I don't get that uptight. I never want to get that fucking stick up my ass. So as long as I don't have that, I'm winning. Um, on that, we'll move to Ken, and then we gotta do it with shitty reviews. Um, what I was just gonna say is, uh, fuck, I forgot. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we got so deep into it that I totally forgot where I. Oh, yeah. we're talking about the dumb shit we did. Like we're yeah. we're just talking about punk and how we get older and shit. We used to hide out in cornfields and shoot paintball guns at cars that would go by. You know, <laughs> we did that here. and I think about that shit now. Like, not Kenny Sledge, the 14 year old that would shoot paintball guns, but Ken Sledge, the 35 year old father of three that could potentially have one or all three of his children in that car with him and what he would do if he went and grabbed little kenny sledge and put his foot up his fucking 90 pound soaking wet ass like i can't believe i had the balls that i had for the little scrawny punk rock piece of shit that i was back then and it's just funny how you guys are talking about how you grow up and how you change it's true man like i'm the old get off my lawn guy now you know like and it fucking sucks like there's sometimes where like because i got a 13 year old boy and big football kid um, always has his friends over there outside playing football. And just the other night, I'm in here trying to lay down and watch Midnight Mass. And I got, set, go, going on at fucking 930. So I'm like, hey, you guys get your asses in the house and be quiet. I started to walk away. I'm like, damn. They're literally outside playing football. All the things they could be doing. They're outside playing football and I'm being a fucking asshole to them. So I'm like, you know what? Go outside and be as fucking left as you want, man. I pay the bills around here. We all booked against it, but here we are. <laughs> all fucking different yeah and and kind of kind of to relate it you when you said get off off my lawn guy made me think so when i was 15 i had a friend that lived in the neighborhood across from mine and i remember one night it was probably 8 30 9 o'clock at night i'm walking to his house and i had to i walked in between these two yards to get to his house and i had a shotgun pulled on me by the guy that lived in this house and I remember literally shitting in my pants <laughs> when I realized that this old man had had pulled a shotgun on me. And I hadn't I hadn't thought about that in a long time. But you say that because now, you know, I own my own home. And if I hear something outside of my house, I'm that motherfucker like I don't have a shotgun, but I'm that motherfucker. I peek the you know, I pull the curtains back and I'm like, who the fuck's out there? Who the fuck is on my lawn? Yeah. Who's making noise out there? 
you know? And so now that you say that, like, it makes me think we had, we had an instance a couple, maybe a month or two ago. It's midnight. We had just got done watching a horror movie as usual. And some fucking kid comes over and bangs on our door and runs away. It was so loud. It scared the shit out of me. I was like, Oh my God. And the, the cat's free. And I fucking bolt to that door and I walk down on the porch and I'm standing out on that porch for fucking 10 minutes because I'm like, I'm going to hear I'm, they've run around the side of the house and I'm going to hear them and I'm going to fucking chase them down. I'm going to beat somebody's fucking ass, scared the shit out yep. of my wife, scared my cat. And and I was like, I used to do that shit. Were you in your tidy yeah. whitey? Yeah. Asshole later, you know, like yeah. When when I was a teenager, we used we used to do that shit. We used to call and prank QVC at all hours of the night. We used to (laughs) we used you know because we had the fucking Jerky Boys CDs. We'd fucking emulate them and shit. Fucking Jerky Boys. Oh my god, talk about a throwback. Frank Rizzo. But uh, you know, I mean, we used to, we used to do some dumbass shit like that. Toilet paper houses, egg houses, fucking hell yeah, me and Mac did. And and and, and it's blamed other kids and got away with it because I was always so angelic with yeah. blonde hair. And, and it's like, and it's funny too because my teenage self, uh, you know, I'm watching the CKY videos and the Jackass movies and stuff, and I'm laughing all along, you know. And it, it's funny. It's still funny. You know, watching Bam take a giant hand to the face that just straight up flattens him, fucking hilarious. But, you know, I look at some of it now and I'm like, if those if those motherfuckers would have done that to me, the the one that always gets me is where they made the body where they had stuffed the clothes with like newspaper and dropped it off the the train bridge onto the car. If I if that would. Oh, my God. Like, I would have fucking lost my shit. (laughs) Well, it's funny how your perspective changes because when I was a teenager and I did this shit and people would get shitty with me, it was their fault. You know, why are you so uptight? Why are you such a fucking asshole? But now I'm like, I got kids that could be in trouble if you're doing this dumb shit, if they're in the car or you come up and knock on my door. Yeah, who's to say you're not some fucking guy trying to get in my house and hurt my wife or my kids? That's literally my only reason for being alive now. You know, it's to protect them. So I'm going to do whatever I can. If I shoot you in the fucking face, that's one less face I got to pay a welfare check to, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I don't. It's it's funny how your perspective changes. You don't give a shit anymore because it's all about protection of your family now. Not trying to be the funny, outrageous person anymore. Yeah, because, you know, you have literal lives depending on what you do. And I know not all of us here have children, but having children absolutely will change you. No matter what you think, it will. <laughs> it changes you. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I still think I'm cool, but I found out that maybe I'm not as cool as I thought. No, it's know? like being in a Pokemon. You have kids. It takes you to your next level. So <laughs> you're going to be yeah. you're going to be you're going to be what you're going to be. Your parent style will evolve and uh, we'll find out who you are. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Say what oh. you want about those jackass guys. They're all fun and games on screen. But I bet you walk up to one of their fucking windows, pull out your ass cheeks and shit on the fucking glass at their house. Yeah, that's not going to be. Okay. It's going to be a totally different story. They're not going to talk about rubbing jelly on you. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I I know. I'm in bed <laughs> at 10 p.m. Yeah, like, like 30 no. minutes from now, yeah, I will be show, asleep. When we finish recording the show, we, I go straight from the medicine cabinet, take my nighttime meds. We go to the fuck to bed. I'm sorry. I never thought that was going to be me, but that's fucking me. Oh, 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 we don't, we don't, we don't want to hear all that. And if someone's outside you making noise, notice, I changed my yeah. venue because yeah. I had to get my little girls to bed. Yeah, I have an eight-year-old or nine-year-old. I'm sorry, with autism, and my newborn, where she's one now, 
but they both have to sleep right next to dad. So I laid down in the bed with them for a little bit while they were laying down. And then I came downstairs so I could continue to do this. But you talk about change. If you'd have told me, you know, 15 years ago, I'd be doing a podcast with some of the coolest people in the world while also being daddy, I would have laughed in your face, you know, like 15 years ago, all I was going to do was be the guitar player and singer on a very famous punk band. Yeah. You know, you know and now it, you, you learn how to juggle what is most important to you. I love doing this with you guys. This is a dream come true. I've been looking forward to this literally all week. And then we get here and I realize, fuck, I still got to get my daughters to bed. So I'm trying to do the parenting <laughs> thing. My wife's at work, you know, yeah, you do like the parenting is a twenty four hour job. Oh, like, yeah. Time right. off. Like, there's times where we've we've been out here recording and Ash comes out. And, you know, they've seen Ash quite a few times. Ash comes out. He's our youngest at 14. And I'm just like, he's like, are you guys recording? I'm like, it's fine. Just go ahead and say it. We'll fucking edit it out. Like, they'll need something <laughs> random. And, you know, you, you don't stop being a parent. Even and uh, with, uh, with grown children, you don't stop being a parent. And I think that goes back to you don't stop being a punk either. You know, you like. Stop. Yeah. I mean, you just evolve. You get to, like, a next level. My 13-year-old son, I trust me, I am nothing cool in his eyes until on sledgehammer horror on my podcast i got the drummer from coheed and cambria on there and when nice. the drummer from coheed came on oh! my son was like you got josh on there and my son sat in while i was doing the episode and like listened the whole time then after the episode like josh talked to my son for a little bit you know and like at that moment to my son i you haven't been cool. that cool in his eyes since he was like five years old and i taught him how to throw a baseball you know like i was finally cool again and it was because of my punk rock roots that made me cool again. It goes back to what I grew up with as a kid, still listening to Coheed and Cambria right now, getting a, a, the availability of Josh to come on and hang out with me made me cool to my son. Like that, you can say Coheed's not a punk band, but they definitely have punk rock roots in yes. their, you know. Like, like Metallica or anything else. Our son's well, very, the, the, we took the him guitars to from Bad concert um, just recently, like about a month ago. And uh, we took him to see Corn, who we were listening to at 14. And so we were cool that night. We were very cool because we took him to a Corn show, you know? Yeah, and, and like Bad Brains. The guitar from Bad Brains played on the first Coheed record. Like that, that's punk rock as shit. My yeah. son, the first concert he went to, we took him to see Blink-182. And we let him dye his hair blue. And I'll never forget it. And again, this goes back to the punk rock thing. So I got to tell you, I was walking with my son. And he was probably stepped at the time. And this girl was walking by us, and she had, like, this cut-up shirt and shit, and her titties were almost hanging out. And my <laughs> son had his blue hair, and this girl was like, hey, buddy, I like your hair. He was like, hey, I like your shirt. I was like, keep walking, you little son of a bitch. <laughs> like, we're going on the SS Neverender. Well, he thought he was the bee's knees because we let him spray paint his hair, you know, do just the, like, spray-in blue hair dye. But he was cool to these people at the concert in his eyes. You know, I fit in with you. I have the uniform. And when you're young and naive like that, that's what makes you cool is the uniform, not the person you are. And that goes back to who that we were in high school. Wisdom. We thought if we wore that uniform, we were cool in our punk rock community. No matter what insecurities we had about ourselves, we had the green hair. We had the torn jeans. I know every word to Pet Cemetery by the Ramones. So I know you guys are going to like me. No, even if I don't like me, I know right. you and will I because I I have the uniform on. We don't on. usually like ourselves at that age. It's so hard to be that age. It really is much harder than it is to be, you know, say my age. Yeah. And then you had and then you had the grunge kids who they didn't they didn't they didn't like themselves and we didn't like them either. So you know the grunge kids we we clowned on them so hard. Um, yeah, but, I did, that reminds me of uh, what was it, the wrestler with Mickey Rourke, 
but he's jamming with uh, in the club, uh, the, the the bar with yes. Marissa Tomei. He said, "To you know, the music was great. To that fucking pussy, Kurt Cobain ruined everything." <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad that it killed metal for a while. I was like, I really, so I I never liked grunge. And my mom was a young mom, so she would listen to grunge. I'm like, get that shit out of here. Hey, 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 I, I, I like Nirvana. I like Heart Shaped Box. You know what I'm saying? That shit was I, dope. I was going to say, man. Thank you. I, I like, like that Nirvana punk rock. Nirvana was totally had its hands in the punk rock scene. Maybe like, you know, like your well, Pearl I Jams mean, and your Third Blind. It was inspired by the Stooges, you know, um, yeah. Rob Hauer, which I love Iggy Pop and the Stooges, you know. So it was built in punk rock, but it was like it became something else. You know, you, there's usually one breakout band like Korn, but then here comes new metal and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, you know, Korn's cool. Deftones are cool. The rest of you guys can fuck right off. And they did. Like, Limp hey, Bizkit and I wish them death. I curse them. I hex them. Fuck Limp Bizkit and fuck Fred Durst. <laughs> Damn, dad. dude. Well, well, I, tell them how you really I, feel. How you feel about Word. Fred Durst is how I feel about Machine Gun Kelly. So. Oh, <laughs> yes. Of course, of course. Wait, wait, wait. Doesn't Sierra like Machine Gun Kelly, though? Or did she yeah, used to? She used to. She's moved on. Well, hold on. Let's talk <laughs> about how Eminem. I'm a Detroit boy. Let's oh talk God, about I'm, how Eminem I'm so kicked glad Machine Gun Kelly. What? Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, let's, let's talk about how Eminem kicked Where'd Machine Gun Kelly me? out of rap. And yeah. now Slipknot's about to kick Machine Gun Kelly out of rock. So in two weeks, you're going to have Machine Gun Kelly feuding with Reba McIntyre in a country music feud. He's still in Megan Fox, though. So. Genre of music now. <laughs> I remember I, I, made, I made a joke and shit when they were at the VMAs when I said, like, he was with Megan Fox and you had Travis Barker with, uh, what's that fucking Kardashian? Courtney. Courtney. Yeah. And I said, they look like they just came out of the bathroom after doing a shitload of nuke. <laughs> <laughs> nuke. Is that a RoboCop reference? Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I fucking said that to Daria. She, she didn't get the joke. And I'm like, I wasted my fucking <sighs> RoboCop joke no. and shit on her. I- Real talk though, Detroit I might boy, give man. Nuke, sh- I give nuke a shot. If it <laughs> came out, to... I'll try it. Let me see what, that nuke. nuke? Yeah, man. Come on, man. Nah, dude. Come like, motherfuckers gonna uh, be walking around like Clarence, like Red Foreman. Bitches <laughs> <laughs> no, leave. <laughs> Where is it made? Dead or alive, you're coming with me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's 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 Candy's that's Candy's review, uh, uh, like you know, point of yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah that, it's it's time it's time for us to be the adults because we got to wake up early in the morning. <laughs> um, um, you can't like, get off my lawn. Basically, um, so we're gonna get to Sean's shitty reviews and we can all store up our anger and then unleash it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like usual, I'm lazy. These are all one star reviews from uh, IMDb. Um, the first one is from JSN Gallery. The only real review on here. Oh, God. If you scroll through the comments, you will notice there are a lot of 10 votes and one votes. The 10 votes come from the actors slash producers of this piece of garbage. The real votes are all the one votes. Also, all the dumbs saying they're making fun of punks. That's fine. But the movie sucks. It just plain sucks. Wow, okay. Our next one is from Heckler Danny. Don't watch this. This movie is awful. If you want to know anything about punk rock, don't watch this. That's right. You'll actually learn more about punk rock by not watching this. It has nothing to do with punk. With phrases like, I hate Hicks, I'm going to get a 4.0 in damage, and I hate posers. Come on, this is punk? This stuff is total tripe. From the outfits to the narrating, everything is just awful. It seriously almost seems like a joke. Um, Yeah. 
X Jaywalk X says, uh, punks with perfect skin, the exploited culture of SLC punk. I am a huge fan of punk exploitation films, and usually I can get something out of them, even if they are basically bad movies. SLC punk is one of the most unenjoyable films of any kind I've ever seen. It offends me as a punk, as a film lover, and as a human being for having wasted my time watching it. At many points, just plain boring. SLC punk is also irritating and seems to be targeted to appeal to those with the pseudo-rebellious mentality of a spoiled 12-year-old. Um, oh, oh I, I'm sorry. Um, this is a two-star review, and I remember now why I picked it. Um, this is uh, Punked Up Shizniz. Uh, SLC punk equals no. SLC punk did nothing short of rip the still-beating heart out of a potentially good movie and squeeze every last drop of potential out of it, leaving only the shriveled corpse of nothingness, which it then held high above its head in a proud manner, while the rest of the film industry watched in horror and disgust at this putrid display of refusal to release one's long-since-dead past. I I wouldn't recommend this movie to anyone except those who think the word punk means anything more than being anally raped. What the fuck? (laughs) He's a, that's a lit major. That's a lit major right there. Yeah. And last, I doubt very highly you're going to walk up to someone that was anally raped and be like, what was that like? And they're going to be like, have you ever seen Salt Lake City Punk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was a whole lot like that. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, my favorite, Conqueror 6. And, and he titles this Pearl. This movie is a freak fest. It is a waste of film, time, and money. The cutting room floor shouldn't even be disgraced with this movie. I had to sanitize my VCR after viewing this pathetic film. My advice, start a cook fire with this trash. Fuck you. I still got a VCR? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of lot of pearl-clutching punks. They were, punks were pearl- I still have a VCR. Motherfucker. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I there were There were a lot of one star reviews that all pretty much, you know, had that same trend where it was like, ha, I'm a punk. This isn't punk. Yeah. Punks, uh, these pseudo punks, um, who aren't really punks. They like to, they're the ones that go around like waving the fucking words around. Like, Oh, this is a punk because I'm punk and I decide what's punk. Like, no, nobody fucking decides what's punk. You either That's are the whole point. Yeah, punk. You don't, you don't decide what I think punk is. Did you Thank understand you. the assignment? Yeah, no. Right. I think they misunderstood the assignment. Uh, Ken. I just want to say that the people that wrote these are, and I'm not trying to be facetious or anything like that, but they seem to me like the people that literally just got into punk. And are trying to out punk even the punkiest of punk people. Like, oh yeah, well, you know what? I listened to Mustard Plug last night on my mom's cassette player. <laughs> Mustard Plug cassette player, motherfucker. No, then you're not punk. Like, that's what these remind me of. Like, they're gonna like grow up and be like, damn, this movie really Fucking is a general- generalization. But it really is. It's a generalization of punk rock. It's not like this is specific to what punk rock is. It's the generalization of the partying, the drugs, the heartbreak. I fuck you, man. Like, who the fuck are you? It was Machine Gun Kelly that wrote most of those reviews, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think that, you know, you know, with the wisdom of age, we know that punk is just sort of like a, a thought pattern. It's not really about, you know, you can't live your life on lyrics, as they say in the, the movie. Um, but I think that, you know, it, it punk really has that kind of attitude, like, um, you know, with the gatekeeping as like, oh, you're not a real punk, name me 
every what's the ninth song on you know uh the misfits album walk among us or you're not a real punk or you know something like that like i don't like people like that in any type of genre anything and honestly i feel like punk in this is just a backdrop it's just a a means of conveyance of a story and you know the punk could easily be replaced with something else and still tell that fucking story um so i really think you know i like that it's a punk story but it could have been anything because that's not really what the story is necessarily about it's about growth and change it's about the tragedies it's about changing your thinking it's about figuring out that i'm an adult and i need to be productive and i need to figure this shit out you know it replace it with anything slc you know country i don't know it doesn't matter it doesn't matter um dave the final shot of this movie sums it up. He's sitting there on, in the in the bench. He's wearing a suit now with a tie. He shaved his head, but and he's accepting. Okay, I've got to change, but I can still fuck up the system. Yes. Do some good. Go out there. He says, "I'm going to piss off the judges." I, you know, he, what, I, he wants to be a public defender, a litigator. A litigator. He, he wants to. He, he, I'm going to take what I've learned and make it work. You know, in the future, and that's the whole point of the fucking movie. Is you know, you take what you have. And you 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 don't you're not stagnated. You take it and you make use of it in the future. You can't just stay 18 forever, but you can take what you've learned and what you love and make it work in the future. Make it useful. Yeah, and those last lines, like he's like, "Fuck you if you think this," but I guess I'm just another trendy ass goddamn poser. But you but know, he what? says it with a smile on his face. Yeah, like saying, like that's yeah, what I'm you poser, think, but I'm, I'm coming from a up. place of yeah, I'm coming from a place of wisdom that you don't have yet, and I'm telling you. Like, yeah, you can call me a poser all you want, but I really believe this shit. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm assimilating back into society because that's how it goes. And I'm going to you know, have a wife. I'm probably going to have children. I'm going to be a lawyer. But I still believe in my and principles. We, and we need people like that. We need fucking public defenders who are willing to piss off judges to defend their fucking clients. We need litigators who are willing to fucking work with the system for their clients. We need that. People to change things up a little bit, fight back, you know, yep. for, for all the injustices. Um, at this point, we're going to go into our own reviews. Um, I always go first. So my, my my review is pretty obvious. I'm giving this 10 out of 10 broken mirrors. That's something we didn't talk about. Bob, every time he looked in a mirror, he didn't like what he saw. So he would destroy mirrors like, the, you know, he got that infection, which is kind of like a funny story. But it's not funny because Bob you know, as we know, was like, you know, the punk. And it's just like, we saw finally like what his background was and they had been friends all that time. And he'd never met his father, you know, Steve had never met Bob's father. But, uh, you know, uh, it's just when you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, like Bob, Bob was doomed. You know, he was almost out of it. He was almost moving on with his life, but he just, there was something that kept him and, you know, wouldn't take an aspirin, but take something for a, a headache and, and he fucking dies of an overdose. He's like, but he would never even take high level, you know. But anyway, um, so like, yeah, you never saw Steve-O do stuff like that. They often refer to him as the rich boy, you know, who's just adopted this. But, you know, I still think that anybody from any walk of life can be angry and can have a, a different kind of purpose uh, for their lives. And, and, you know, people are like, you know, what do you have to be angry about? It's like, well, you know, ask me on any day. It may change. You know, what do I have mm -hmm. to fight back to that? Well, ask me tomorrow. I'll tell you what it is tomorrow. I can tell you what it is today. But, you know, it, it's just adopting that mentality. And I just really think that this was beautifully shot. 
the soundtrack is great. Um, you know, really picks some some really hard hitters in early punk because the film takes place in 1985. I think this was just like absolutely overlooked um, at the time of its release. It should have gotten more accolades. Uh, I feel like that was part of the marketing. They marketed it wrong. When they think of Matthew Lillard, they think of other things, and he should absolutely be remembered. If for anything, SLC Punk, this is just a star making you know, showing off his chops, like primo acting. Oh. Everybody was great. Uh, Michael Gorgian, as for heroin, Bob was great. Like everybody was really great in this film. It's really hard to find the flaws in this. And so I have to give it a perfect score. And, uh, you know, more I could say, but I'm going to let everybody else talk. But yeah, 10 out of 10 broken mirrors. Um, I had actually written down 9.5 out of 10, but after having this discussion with everybody uh, and, and, you know, everybody's, view on it and and just thinking about like the nostalgia behind it like i gotta give this a 10 out of 10 i mean it is it's such a great movie i think the casting choices in this were phenomenal um that just that that scene where bob dies and and the performance that matthew lillard gives and and finding out after the fact you know what he used to give that you know to to release all of that um, you know, it just makes it that much more visceral. And, you know, the fact that I can see myself in a lot of these characters, bits and pieces of myself uh, that kind of come together and make a whole. I can see friends of mine, you know, that I hung out with back in the day in some of these characters. And, you know, it's just this this movie has actually become a staple, you know, for us. And, and it's been in our rotation. We've, you know, watched it quite a few times in the last, you know, over the course of the last couple of years. Um, so yeah, definitely going to give this uh 10 out of 10 bad LSD trips. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ken, what's your rating? Uh, I'm not going to give it a 10. I'm going to give it an eight and a half waveless waterbeds out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no waves. The reason why I, I agree with everything you guys are saying, the casting's great. The story's great. It's got all the emotion. Um, but there are times in this movie that definitely there that are sluggish. Where you're, you know, they, they could have easily cut a good 15 minutes out of this movie and still had it just as amazing of a movie as it is. Um, but for me, it it's very hard to have a perfect movie. I think there's maybe a handful of perfect movies, be it Back to the Future, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Solid City Punk, Ro- <laughs> Robocop. Like, these are movies that I think are timeless films. Um, and with Salt Lake City Punk, I think it's more about the time capsule than it is the acting, the production, the score. It's that time capsule of when I watch this movie, I'm not Ken Sledge or Sledgehammer Horror anymore. I'm Kenny Sledge. I'm that 13 and 14-year-old boy that thought he was just the most punk rock guy in the world because he was able to go to Sally's Beauty Supply and buy green hair dye. You know, So like watching this movie takes me back to being Kenny Sledge, the punk rock kid at Sand Creek High School. And that's why it's so special to me. But when I watch it now, there are definitely parts that are sluggish and there are definitely parts that I would have cut out. But still, eight and a half waveless waterbeds out of ten is definitely not a bad score. No, no, no. Uh, Rob? Uh, seven out of ten mohawks? I don't know. Um, <laughs> this is this. This, this this is this is good, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I'm I'm not the target uh, audience for this. I probably won't watch this again. I, I watched this because Candy asked, um, and I yes I, I and I enjoyed it for the, you know doing my watch. Um, of course, I, I always love Matthew Lillard. 
um, fantastic actor. And yes, um, that uh, his performance during Bob's death scene is amazing. But uh, you know, he's always amazing in everything he does. Yeah, uh, it's a good movie. Uh, good movie. Uh, seven out of ten Mohawks. Okay, uh, good review. Uh, Mac. I'm gonna give it nine out of ten. And I had something in my head and I lost it. Hold on. Oh, nine out oh, of ten. You using tube socks as wrist bracelets. Um, <laughs> yeah. This this movie was uh was my high school man like me growing up like and it is uh I think it's a well put together journey of starting out as something but finishing as something else. And understanding that you can uh, keep the lifestyle in your heart. You just, like, you don't actually have to practice it hardcore. Like, so, 9 out of 10 uh, tube socks bracelets. I, I love it. <laughs> um, Dave and Crystal. Uh, I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 scrotum scalp mohawks. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I love the movie. Uh, truth be known, I'm a boy bander, and the same thing can be said for the genre. Like, I get made so much fun of. Um, I have Backstreet Boys tickets right now for when they come to town. I was in KOTB. Yes, in KOTBSB. Um, You're up in the 80s. Thank God my wife can't hear you because she'll be going in this. right now. Yes. Uh, um, so I never and miss if- a cruise, I never miss a show. And if um, and if Mike if Mike was here he'd agree with you because he loves him some Backstreet Boys. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> he really. Yes. I've, I've always he, been he, an um, instinct kind of guy, man. I like me too. Too. Me too. Me too. Me too. Me too. I was an instinct. I was an instinct guy myself. I'm all boy bands. Backstreet Boys, instinct, LFO, The Moffats, NK. Ninety-eight degrees, all 98 that good degrees, stuff. Yeah, yes, I bet. All of it. All of it. You throw it at me, I know it. Um, so. You know, I can float between everyone because I love music. The only thing I really don't like is screamo metal and um, hardcore gangster rap. But the thing is, with screamo metal, if I want someone screaming at me, I can just call my mom and go, this is trash. You just lost me. You just lost me with the the hardcore gangster rap. I like like gangster rap. (laughs) (laughs) You just lost me. I was, that ass. I was with you. I was with you with the boy bands, but you lost me oh, at the hardcore okay. case. I'm sorry. So, so close. I'm sorry, but you know, if you string a bunch of swears together and call it lyrical content, I'm not there. You're, um, you're listening to the wrong kind then. Yeah. Yes, I love Nas and I, I, I love. There you go. Okay, 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 okay. You're back in my heart. You got him back. You got him back. You got So I love Outkast and I love Jermaine Dupree. I love all of it. I was a backup dancer for two Outcast fire though. Groups, okay? So, but as far as this movie, I felt like it captured my high school. I think I'm a year older than Matt, but that that was high school for me. This and Clueless. Yes, Clueless. I remember that was my, my <laughs> freshman year of high school. If I had to pick two movies that, that were me in high school, it was probably this and Kids. Oh, God. Yes. I would say oh, Kids and Varsity oh. Blues and this. That's yeah. A, that's fucked up movie. I love this and Idle Hands, but you know they both have Devin Sound. Oh yeah. Yeah. Idle, idle Hands. We'll have to do Idle Hands at some point. Yes. Get that on the schedule. Okay. Idle uh, Hands. Dave, what do you got? For me, it's gonna be Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I'm sorry if I'm old, but that's fucking movie. You know. Spicoli. This is a good movie though. But anyway, yeah. Eight out of ten. The trees, because that scene at the end where they pan over the D and D tables. 
and they're listening to Rushes the Trees. I the started to like my fucking jam, dude. I started to well up a little bit because man, that was me. But the only problem with me is I never became cooler. Like in this movie, he's that's him, and then his, <laughs> his friend. Like, make, I never became cool. I was always like, no, the trees, are, listen to it. The trees, they have, you know, I was like, be singing it. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? If they about? like so, the way they're made. <laughs> don't, don't get I love fucking Rush. Are you I okay? will sing the whole fucking song right Please, now. Don't, don't, don't test me on that. I will. But that's, uh, that's, that's, that's Patreon type stuff right there, baby. Yeah, absolutely. My OnlyFans love me singing Rush. But, um. Yeah. And the only reason I don't give a more, I've only watched this movie once. I watched it for the first time ever yesterday. So I can't give a movie I've only seen once higher than an eight. I just, I can't do it. it, it yeah, yeah. That's cool. But yeah, I loved it. It made me laugh. And I, I cried at the end. Um, I hope you revisit it. Uh, I, I def- oh, I definitely will. It was very funny and it was very poignant. And, and Matthew L- uh, Lillard, how do you say it? Lillard. Lillard. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Lillard. This role was made for him. This is the role that he was made for and you can tell this is why he's you know why he became a star this role i can't wait for him to see scooby-doo oh my god the live action scooby-doo's with him in it that's that's my fucking jam and i love scooby-doo anyway as we already know we discussed my love from scooby-doo wait hold on dave you never seen scooby-doo my sister has given him shit all day because he's like matthew lillard's number one fan (laughs) <laughs> I, yo, I, I had I had a friend in junior high school who was obsessed with watching every Matthew Lillard movie ever made. I have no That's idea me. why. That was his qu- that was his quest. That was his quest to. to, to I like watch. him best in uh, Scream. Yes. yes. Uh, no, this movie. This movie really just shows. No, I was good, but yeah, I, like, this movie yeah. is, this I saw Scream when he did his. <gasps> I was like, oh shit, Scream! What's up, man? Like. Yeah. You hit me with the food, right. Dick! <laughs> My mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me. I always had a thing for you, see it. No, I'm sorry. That bit at the end when he finds Bob, that that's acting. That's that shows his yeah. acting chops. I mean, because that's like just, sometimes there's like a, a a movie cry, but this was a real fucking cry. Oh yeah, he's got like yeah. spit hanging out of his mouth and boogers. He's not. Out. He you does. Know, he and was, just, he, like, going through these different stages of, like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Like, you are, you are supposed to, you know, like, all the five fucking stages of grief are right there. Because and that's that, what we all do in grief. We think about ourselves. What am I going to do? You're, you find your friend dead, and your first thought is, what am I going to do? That, that's what right. we all do. It, it was so real. And I just think, like, if you want to see Matthew Lillard 100%, you need to watch this movie. This is it was a, I, I agree. His his performance in that scene was like the punk version of uh Al Pacino at the end of uh Godfather Part Three, yes. when uh when, when Sofia Coppola uh gets killed that and silent shit. scream yeah that ah like yeah that was that was that ver the punk version of that that scene yeah, uh, it really it was really it, it, yeah it was really goddamn good it was really goddamn yeah, good. it was amazing uh Ken you have something to say yeah I just want to throw this out there real quick because I don't I want to feel less stupid about myself. Um, like you guys were talking about boy band fans. Listen, I was so closeted boy band fan that I would download boy band songs on Napster and then I would nice. rename them to like punk rock songs. They downloaded fucking girl on TV by LFO. I would totally change the names. It was like this punk rock thing. For me, with like Like the group that I hung out with, is like you weren't allowed to like rap. So I secretly liked rap. And Missy Elliott was my first. 
favorite rapper. Yes. And so, but I had to do that in secret and not tell anybody. And, and I loved rap, but I couldn't let anybody know that. It's one of the few times I ever like held myself back because I'm like, people will judge me. Like I'm this punk. Now I wasn't afraid to do Bob Dylan. I wasn't afraid, you know, David Bowie or Queen and shit like that, which nobody was listening to when I was in high school. But it was like, I couldn't tell anybody about rap because I would lose all of my cred. You know oh, what I'm wow. Props to New York, because New York, like, I didn't give a fuck. I put system on, and then I had Weird Al on. And if you said ah, something, you'll yeah. probably get slapped. Like, yeah. I was yo, like that fuck. about Bob Dylan, because I still don't know anybody who really likes Bob Dylan. Yeah, I'm like, yo. I'll fucking fight you about him. And he yo, was all me, about not fighting, Bob, but I'm like, I'll fight you over Bob Dylan. Like, don't yo, fucking me, test me. I want you me, so bad. Let me tell y'all, Mac used to play Weird Al hardcore back in the day. I used to be sitting there fucking smoking a fatty. So about like, yo, Weird Al's mad dope. He's like, yo, see, I told you, bro. I told you. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Weird Al is dope. Weird Al is dope, yo. We used to be high as fuck. See, that the was the New York in me. I didn't care if you liked it or not. Like, if I was on my stoops, I'm rocking it. And if you got a problem, I. You know, I had a lot to rebel about. You guys know a little bit about my past and it was not great. And I it was totally acceptable for me to like angry music and or, you know, something like Bob Dylan, they were forgive me for. But it was like rap. I felt like I had to keep that to myself. Like I was acting like I didn't care about my. I mean, that's kind of crazy but though, I, how you put I that, that they it. will forgive you for listening or liking a music isn't some cynical yeah, offense. But think about <laughs> yeah, word, being a right? teenager. I mean, like you didn't care. And I acted like I didn't care. But there were some things I did care about because as much as I said, I hated being popular. Um, I kind of liked it, too, because I got away with shit, you right. know. So I was like, they wouldn't forgive me that. So I was like a closeted rap fan. And I was like, I can't tell anybody, you know? Yeah, I put everything out there. I got to I wasn't my cheerleading uniform. <laughs> that's why I was scared. I was scared I was going to lose the couple uh -huh. friends I did have. Well, and that's the thing. Is, like, I didn't really have anybody to depend band. on in my life. So I like the popularity status meant everything to me, although I would say it didn't matter. And sometimes I still do say it didn't matter. But it did matter because all I had were my friends and my credibility. And I didn't want to shred that. But later on, I, I fucking recanted. and was like, I'm going to listen to Gangster Rap. Go fuck yourself. Um, I like everything. Punk's, punk's there and, and, and a little bit of everything. And that's punk mentality saying I don't care what everybody thinks. But for a minute there in high school, I think there we all question ourselves and we all question, you know, our, you know, credibility and what people think of us. And we try to live up to what people think of us, at least in, in my case. Yeah. And, People, Hell no. Like, no. I didn't give yeah. two shits. Matt, I wish I had that freedom. I wish I Yo, would have had that if my, So my motto age, growing up I, was if my mom didn't care, then if I was good with my mom, I could I could care less what anyone else thinks. Now, I understand your situation. I was a person but. back then as I am now where I really don't give a fuck. I did give a fuck, but I just acted like I didn't back then. And that's the thing is where we look back and we have that wisdom like, yeah, I actually did kind of care. And I did really want to matter, but I acted like I didn't, you know, because that Max way if I white like cared about it, showing. then I lost the credit. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, I missed that. I love I love my white privilege, man. White privilege is showing. I do gotta throw something out real quick for you, Mac. Real Welcome quick. Welcome to the party, um, pal. Dead yeah. serious. I'm completely honest right now. When I got Napster.com for the first time. The first thing I downloaded was Amish Paradise by Weird Al Yankovic. Oh. I will always remember 
That is the first song. That was the I first CD I bought with stolen money. Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> but, dude, it's so funny when you brought up Weird Al. Weird Al's another one. He's punk rock is because he's universal. I've never met anybody that like, fuck that's Weird Al. That's my defense for liking Lady Gaga so much because she doesn't give a solitary fuck what people think. Exactly. And she does what she, <laughs> Lady Gaga is super talented and I will wax philosophical about her all day. I think she's admirable. I think she's talented. And everybody's like, but you can't like pop music. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Well, I'm glad you're right. here with us. I'm I'm not, not because I'm, she doesn't care. She does what she wants and she does it great. So right. kiss my fucking ass. And well, all, all I got to say about weird. To anything else. Yeah. And it's like, fuck you. Yeah. All oh. I got to say about Weird Al is, is fucking white and nerdy. I love that. I love it. God, that's awesome. In yourself. Yeah, that's, that's a, I think I think that's the first time I heard uh, Crystal uh, curse uh, as, as you know since she's been hanging out with Dave on the episodes. Yeah, uh, that's, funny. That's, that's the first. To the party, Crystal. Right. We need we need to calm down over time. here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the first fuck I I've heard her say since she's been around. You know, okay. saying, like, you gotta get uh, a triple C, a counter right over here. here. Yeah. She she busted her fuck cherry. You know what I'm saying? All, <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the club. Wait, hold on, Crystal. Let me tell you a shit. The first time, like the first episode we were we recorded of this show, way back, the very first episode. The first thing I asked Candy was like, uh, "Do we curse on this?" Because I say "fuck" a lot. <laughs> so, I was like, "I, I did too." Good. Yeah. No, Candy was like, "Oh yeah, no, no, no." I was like, "Good, good, good, good." Because uh, I'd be fucking. I don't know what to do if I couldn't say "fuck." <laughs> 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 you still got that outfit or what? You still got that outfit? I was going to say that. <laughs> Even if I still had my cheerleading outfit, it wouldn't fit me right now. So it does. Nah, but that's that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hated the like the the dance pants that you had to wear over your underwear. Like, do I really? I felt like wearing two pairs of underwear. I really hated it. Oh, bloomers. Yeah, yes. we we call them dance pants. Um. Wait, what's the yeah. oh. Who is that? That was that's me in the eighties. It's a cat, and it's I don't Sean. know why I'm doing it. He has that game. Sean had the pussy on the pedestal even back then. Ah. <laughs> that was me <laughs> driving to see Devin Sawa in SLC Funk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The pussy. You, you may have it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I the pussy. Damn. Oh. <laughs> Let's this pussy. What are we gonna do? Oh, uh, okay, right. okay, 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 y'all, okay, y'all, okay. Okay, y'all. Uh, started. Uh oh. <laughs> that's, that's enough of that shit. <laughs> talking about pussy? No, I mean, no, no, no. If we talk about pussy and shit, I'll be here all night and shit. But we talk uh, about pussy all the time. I mean, shit. We spent twenty minutes talking about Rob's balls. To my high school sweetheart. That's, that's true. That's what I'd rather talk about. No, but they were talking about Katie talking about passing pussy and shit between her and Sean over there, and I'm like, oh, come on, guys, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a little too early for that shit. You know, <laughs> you know that that's bullshit. So <laughs> yeah, you guys know me enough that I'm a little up. Only up. only pussy we're passing around this house is the fucking cat. So uh, <laughs> oh, on white privilege. Yeah. Let's see, I can't even do it. Early ten o'clock for parents. It's actually like three hours too late for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> 
What, what was the episode? What was the episode? I had too tired tonight. Yeah. I'm gonna be too tired for about two weeks. We need to schedule. The Word, let's, let's let's wrap this <laughs> up. Hold on. What was, what was the episode? Where was the episode? Where I had to wrap it up early and shit because I had to go clean some pipes myself. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's let's wrap this up then. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's got an appointment. We must keep that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I had I to I, I had to clean up some pipes and shit, and I had yeah. to go and shit. And they they won't shut the fuck up. So <laughs> well, I feel like, honestly, once you have kids or once you get older, you kind of have to schedule dick appointments. Like, hey, I don't have that problem. I don't have that problem. I could just jump right into it and shit without having yeah, to fucking well, worry that, about that's you know, all the kids. Kid, you don't have to schedule your dick appointments. No, no, I could just jump right in. <laughs> yeah, see, well, for me, it's like I'm tired. You know, I've got this back thing, and it's just like, well. I, I could throw you a fucking bone here and there, but like, dude, Jesus I'm tired. Christ. I'm tired. <laughs> She's revealing all your secrets, Sean. Is it like a right negotion? We Yo, we having sex? Nah, we ain't having sex, but maybe it's a handy. Like, usually, it's a weekend thing because he, ha- he we're not too tired, and we have to worry about like being on a schedule. And then, even then, we have to schedule like, okay, we'll have to skip a movie that night so we could do that. And then the kids always fucking know, and they act all fucking weird about it. And it's like, god damn it. Nah, it, dude, do you like light candles or something? Like, uh, all right, guys. No, if the door shut, the there, right? there's a rule in our house. If the door is shut, someone's naked. Oh. The only time I ever shut my bedroom door. If my door is shut, either I'm naked or me and him are naked. So they know and they kind of flock to the other side of the house. See, see, that's the, the that's the beauty of having kids and shit because I leave the door open while I take a shit and do all that. You know what I'm saying? You I got leave the door open. Hell yeah, yeah, motherfucker. Nah, like, what the fuck? No, ain't nobody else around and shit, so I sit there and take a shit with the door open and shit on my tablet and shit. You no, I, I, I pee with the door open, and my daughter, she walks around in her underwear, but I stopped doing that once Ash hit puberty. I was like, that's weird. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, so open the the door. SLC Punk sure is a good movie, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to, uh, welcome to the craziness of the house that screams, Ken. We do whatever we want. Yeah, and yeah, we we fuck around. <laughs> episodes, we don't really fucking hold back. Okay, so but on the terms of like we're grown ups and we need to go to bed, I'm gonna wrap this up. <laughs> um, um, coming up next, uh, and which is later this week on our n- normal recording night, we are doing The Exorcist. Uh, it's been oh. after, after four seasons, and this four seasons almost wrapped up. It's weird that we're just not. We did The Exorcist three, but we hadn't done The Exorcist. We are. We have Cronenberg's The Fly, and you guys owe me because I didn't make you watch the. I'm not doing making us do the original first, which I would like to do, but I'm like, oh, we'll I jump love right the in. Original. We're gonna get there, but everybody, I knew everybody would be happy with Cronenberg's The Fly, so I put that on there. I don't say I don't do things for you guys. We have got Intruder coming up. We have Reanimator, which I am like fucking jizzing about. Um, we're going to do the birds. We've got the American grunge. And there's a reason that we're doing the, the, the grudge American version. Um, they live, um, cause this is still technically John Carpenter season. And, uh, Eric and I are really excited to do audition for ghouls night out. Uh, we're also, I'm just going to finish out the season. We only have a couple more episodes. Uh, we're going to do the fog. Prince of darkness is our final episode of the season before we break for holidays and start back with season five. So there you go. Everything you need to know until, you know, next year, <laughs> that's what we got. <laughs> so, uh, and then we record like crazy people. So like these episodes are just, there's several weeks sometimes. So yeah, we're going to be wrapping up really soon, but I'm, but yeah, next up exorcist, but, um, as we release episodes however we fucking want to like jacob's wife was uh when we put out an order we 
we did Malignant out of order. Um, you may be time traveling a lot, but we give you that as a, as a courtesy for listening to our show that you have the ability to time travel. You can tell your friends you've time traveled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. If you listen to the malignant episode, I referenced the scream episode, which hasn't been released yet. <laughs> We're getting there. So uh we just release whatever the fuck we want, when the fuck we want. We don't have a regular release day anymore. Um you just get what you get we we thank you all for listening to us. Uh we'll move into plugs. And I'll just keep mine brief. Uh, everything you need to know about this show. And I run all of our socials. So if you contact me through my main Instagram where I promo the show uh, or um, the House of Screams Twitter, which is at House underscore Screams, you are interacting with me. It's your way to get on the show. It's your way to uh, get to get us to do certain episodes, whatever you want. Just get in touch with me. My link tree is linktr.ee slash candy, the final girl. Everything you need to know is there. And I'm Sean of the Dead. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Sean of the Dead. I'd like to thank everyone for showing up tonight, especially Ken. And uh, shout out to Nico, who couldn't make it tonight. Thank you, Nico, the boss. He is the boss. And Erica. And Erica, yes, she's in Russia. so much. Yeah. Yeah, she's in Russia um, filming her scenes uh, for uh, Andrei Iskanov's uh, upcoming films. So uh, that's pretty exciting. Yes. And um, just, you know, thanks, everybody, for listening. And fuck you. You're all a bunch of posers. Thanks for the ass poser. Uh, who wants to go next? I will. Okay, Rob. I will, of course, to get me out the fucking way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, you can find all my links at the, my link tree, uh, link tree uh, slash uh, the cinema drunkie, where you have links uh, for my show, The Action Drunkies, with me and my brother Mac over here, as well as this show, uh, his upcoming show, uh, All Stars Animes, as well as mine, uh, Wrath of State, all about uh, action icon Jason Statham. Um, and everything else on the sun. Shout out to uh, shout out to Mikey A. Hands. Um, I forgot to mention earlier because uh, this movie is set in Salt Lake City, where Mike is actually from, born and raised. Oh shit! From- I did not know that. Yeah, uh, Mike is uh, from Salt Lake City, born and raised. Um, so uh, Mike is a bit of a, a SLC punk himself. Um, shout out to my boy Mike. I love that dude. Uh, and yeah, we'll um, be I- back soon. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, um, of course, shout out to my, my podcast peeps, uh, Lindsay from Schlock and All, uh, Matt from Film Feast, uh, Michael from Hit Rewind, uh, Ron from Film Strip, uh, who else is there? Uh, there's so many fucking people I've met, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna have to fucking, and then, you know, if you guys get pissed at me for not shouting you out, I'm sorry, because, uh, <laughs> there's so many of y'all to fucking shout out that I just don't remember, and I got a bad memory. <laughs> my bad, y'all. I didn't even <laughs> shout out the people that were missing, even though they were on my mind. Like, so don't worry. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it, it happens all I'll the time. Give and shit. Clean up on that. <laughs> and, and, and then I fucking remember later, I'm like, oh fuck. Right. So wait, when you can't find your keys in it in your hand. Yeah. Yes, yes. But but also, yeah, sh- uh, shout out to all of you. I love you all, and uh, the, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. I appreciate you doing this episode, um, Mac. Uh. Shout out to our listeners. Thanks for listening. Go look for these lovely people. As uh, David likes to say, I'll steal that from him. Look for my brother, Wrath of Statham, us action drunkies. I got stuff in a pipe. Just bear with me. Uh, I've been a little busy, so I'm going to start recording that stuff. And uh, everybody have a good evening. And it's a great way to stay in shape.
Okay, uh, Dave? Yeah, uh, just thanks to all the listeners. Um, and I, I haven't said this in a while. Rob, you know what I love? Tell me. Oh, uh, uh, oh, shit. I haven't done it in a while, so do I remember it? Be kind to each other. If nothing else, be kind. I, I can't say it any better, and I never would try. I was just talking about that, too, because I was referencing how we did that episode, and I, I barely made it through that one without fucking boohooing and shit. That was a very emotional <laughs> episode for us to get through uh, the Haunting a Hill House episode. God, we, you and I were both crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I, I, I started and shit, and then it started you and shit. Uh, uh. I cry about everything. Oh, I know why. I know why it happened, because uh, they were in the Discord. They were talking about Midnight Mass, uh, the new Mike Flanagan uh-huh. stuff. And then, and, then, and then we started talking about haunting a hill house and shit. And then uh, it, that's how I was talking about how we did it on this show. And then I barely made it through and shit discussing that one because I almost started booing. And then Candy almost started booing because I almost started booing. <laughs> so it was, we were all fucked up that episode. It happens. Okay, uh, Ken, what do you got for us to plug? Um, Just check out my stuff on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash sledgehammerhorror. I do uh, an interview called My First Horror Movie. That's my podcast. I've had uh, Lou Taylor Pucci from The Evil Dead on there, um, Teach Grant from It Chapter 2. Um, I've had Officer Doofy himself, Dave Sheridan, uh, David Howard Thornton, who was uh, Art the Clown and Terrifier. Um, I've had a bunch of awesome guests on there. Uh, Candy's been a guest on there. Um, follow me on Twitter, at Kenny Sledge. Follow me on Instagram, uh, Sledgehammer Horror. And I'm always looking for new guests. If any of you would like to come on and talk about your first horror movie with me, hit me up on one of my social medias. I would absolutely adore to have some of you on there and learn how I'm horror down. started for you. So I'm down. Definitely I'm hit down. Me. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, hit me up, please. Hit me up yeah. on Instagram so we can talk a little further and set a date and do this. Because yeah, yeah, I was, I I was love just... learning how horror started for people. For those of you that don't know, I grew up in a video store. My parents owned a video store growing up. My mom didn't own it, but I basically grew up in it. (laughs) Throughout the week was to take all the VCR tapes that people were not kind enough to rewind and put them in our VCR rewinder. And if I did that all week, I got to rent a Nintendo game and a horror movie at the end of the week. And so the older I got, like at bonfires, I started, you know, hey, what was your first horror movie? And then that when the pandemic hit, my amazing wife was like, hey, you should try to do this as a podcast. And I've so super fucking lucky to have some of the people on that I've had. And like I said, anybody listening, especially you guys right here, I would love to have any of you. Like I said, me and Candy have, I've had her on. Mine's and then she just simple. One of my live top 10 episodes. We had an amazing time. So, oh, that was yeah. so uh, please, much guys. fun. The live episode just, we did last week. Yeah. I just watched yeah. that. That was great. That was great. Uh, I just watched that one. Thank uh, you so much. Yeah, That was, that was great. I really enjoyed I that think, one. I uh, think me and Rob should go on together because my journey into horror is quite short. No, no, yeah, but uh, I started a lot. Him right now. I, yeah, I started earlier and shit, so mine would be hilarious because my first horror movie was Halloween Five. Oh yeah, know how I fuck you. Dead if you guys didn't watch it, you guys. No, I, I watched it. I watched that one. I watched the one, but uh, yeah, I know how I feel about Halloween Five, so that would be a fun one to do. Yeah, I'm yeah. down. Like I said, hit me up on Instagram. We'll set a date. We will run it. I would love to know how horror started for all you guys. So. At Sledgehammer Horror on YouTube, hit me or on uh, on YouTube for sure. Hit that subscribe button because that selfishly helps me. But hit me up on uh, Instagram, one of you guys, all you guys, and let's fucking set a date and let's do our first horror and movie Sean's with you guys. Really I think we have a great when I'm not here time. to overtalk him. Um, so you want to get Sean solo? <laughs> yeah, most people like. I, I've been like, texting Sean. Ian would put us together. Oh, yeah. And, and Ken, we're one among the fans. Yes. 
I, like I said, the, it's funny because I don't think this would have been as far as it did. The, the first episode was me. The second one was my wife. The third one was my buddy, Michael, the one that does all my booking. And the fourth one was Josh from Coheed and Cambria. I reached out to him on Twitter because we've been friends for a long time. And I was like, hey, would you be willing to do this and hang out with me? And he was like, dude, I would absolutely adore to do this with you. This would be fucking amazing. And it just went from there. And now coming up um, this Friday, my 200th episode airs this Friday. Wow. So, congratulations. Super, yeah. Uh, Nice. Yeah, Thank we're you. going on the SS Neverend or with Kohi. Oh, God, I wanted to go, but I have dumb kids. Fuck them kids. I mean, I would get a babysitter, but like my mom and Ashley's dad haven't been answering their phone in like three years because they're dead. So it's like hard <laughs> oh, to well, find. Oh, okay. I wasn't expecting yeah, that. No, that. That would yeah. do it. That, that was, that was, mom's right here. <laughs> my mom is so dead, in fact, that I burned her and put her in a necklace. So awesome. I had to make sure she wasn't going to come back because if my mom came back, I couldn't put her down. You know, it's wow. mom. She'd have bit me. I'd have been fucked. So I just burned <laughs> her, make sure we were straight in the afterlife. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's calm down. Shout out to Ken. He's a real MVP. Like, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Shout out to him. That, that's some real MVP shit right there. Right. My mom is either looking. My mom is either looking down or up. In extreme disgust right now. Yeah. yeah. Either way. Jesus Christ. <laughs> For those of you that don't know it, which is probably your whole audience, you don't know me. My mother was my best friend. Um, and these jokes are how I get around her not being alive. To my best friend to the point to where I had an artist draw a picture of her as an angel holding my baby Aww. that she never got to meet. Aww. Oh my god. Aww. That's awesome. I mean, like, my mom was legit the the fourth best thing in my life besides my three kids it was like Sorry that with me and my grandfather wife. um i'm just i don't handle it as well as you do i need to handle it better my son is named after him i mean his first name is ash but francis is his middle name and that was that was like my best friend you know you guys should have seen me at the funeral like it I wasn't good was at my grandfather's funeral because i didn't know how to deal with grief and it was embarrassing looking back but i just had no idea how to deal with it I just told people, I was like, if you go up there, you can talk to her, but she ain't going to say much back. She's being kind of bitchy. <laughs> awesome. You handle it way better than I did. I've talked about how I ruined that funeral and fought with everybody. I mean, I just, like, got in physical altercations. I embarrassed myself because I was so angry and confused, and nobody was really comforting me. And it was just, like, ugly. So I wish I – I need to I need to incorporate more humor. I think he would appreciate that more. He was a funny guy, you know? I know you guys got to go, but I got to tell you the story real quick. I was working at a factory when my mother had passed away. And the job I had was when people would buzz the line, I would have to go and get them their parts. And this girl buzzed the line and she needed grease. And it was disgusting to get this grease out of the tube. And I walked over. I was like, my fucking mom died last week. And this is what you do when I come back. And she was like, Ken, you can't do that. She was like 30 half, 38 months pregnant. Not weeks, months. She was super fucking pregnant. And she was like, Ken, you can't do that. I'm pregnant. I'm emotional. I was like, oh, fuck, you're about to be a mom. She was like, yeah. I was like, I used to have one of those. And now you're fucking with this grief. <laughs> and she literally started crying online. And I got written up for telling inappropriate jokes. Wow. I yeah, can't we all have to find our, our, way, our own ways <laughs> to like deal with these things because they're so big and um, they're so life changing, you know, and then I just don't deal well with the grieving process, you know. 
Um, I feel like I'm still grieving. And I wish, um, you know, my grandpa, if he could tell me right now, he'd be like, make a joke, Candy, because that's what he did. He was a funny guy. On a positive, at least he can't tell you any bad jokes right now. (laughs) <laughs> oh he would if he could my grandpa thought farting was comedy and that's some of my things like if you fart like i will absolutely laugh no matter what circumstance we're in and i and i keep that gag going so. <laughs> no i don't I, I, no i don't think that shit is comedy at all and shit oh, die fart die farted last week and shit i almost punched her in the back of the fucking head and she pissed me off yo. that shit stung so, so goddamn bad yo so were you behind her when this happened like, no, she was right next to me and shit. She farted and shit. And I was just, I turned to her like, you motherfucker. That shit yeah. rumbled. Yo, no, nah, bro. Oh, that shit. Yo, that shit. That shit filled the fucking room and shit. Like, yo, I I'm was bad. so My bad. My cleared the, the house one time. And, like, he was so proud. And But he, like, I'm still like that. If I'm in a bad mood, I'm crying, you know, because I do that with my panic attacks and stuff. That I have to take medication for, whatever. Like so, like shit is a, a struggle every day. But if he farts, like my day is made. Like <laughs> no matter what I'm doing, I fucking laugh. My grandpa trained me so that he would tell a fart joke and then fart. And so <laughs> I, I just have to keep his spirit alive and, and think about because he was a really hilarious guy in general. So he, and he was so cool. So I guess I need to be better about that. Thank you, Ken, because it made me rethink. Like I'm doing this wrong. I'm doing this wrong. Well, no, Candy's going to rear-end somebody tomorrow and call Sean, like, can you put your ass on the phone, please? I really need this right now. <laughs> no, they won't let me drive because it's considered a DUI because I have that pump in my back. So mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to drive, which I'm okay with because I had anxiety about that. Yeah. So, but when she stubs her toe, I definitely will fart right in her face. <laughs> <laughs> You'll fucking die. <laughs> she says, I'm excited from the waist up and dying from the waist down. Listen, don't ask my wife. I let her rip in the bedroom. I don't give a fuck. But we talked yeah, about, about the fart wars with the fans in our room. Um, Erica was just looking at me like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we, we both have a fan on each side of the bed. And so. And we, our bed is separate. We yeah. cannot sleep near each other. We have separate comforters. But but we have the, the fans. Fuck you, Amish? Like, the fans face each other. <laughs> Yes, we're Amish. I thought the you knew. Fuck? Midnight. No, uh, oh my goodness, I fight people in my sleep. I, I she does. I scream and I fight people. And and yeah. I had to I had to get a separate comforter because she does this burrito thing. She does this burrito thing where she like curls up the fucking bike because that made me belly laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we have the two fans, and when somebody farts, it's like a tennis match. The the fart just keeps bouncing back and forth. <laughs> And, so and you guys so, are playing in bed playing ass pong? No, yo, it happens. <laughs> yo, it how happens. big are your beds though? So I got two queens. <laughs> no, we got it's, <laughs> it's a king size bed. We separate it like there's an invisible line down the middle. Like we can't sleep near each other because oh, I, 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 I literally I, thought you had separate beds. Like my bed no. is big. <laughs> This isn't the Mary Tyler Moore show, dude. We have the same bed, but it's just separated. Yeah, Matt thought they had Lucy and Ricky beds. Hell yeah. I feel like I want some. I don't know. I fucking threw a punch at him. I have sleep disorder, so I fight people. I've taken elbows in the eye. You might catch one back if I was your husband. Oh, you jabbed me? Wow. There you go. Yeah, like, yeah, like, them fart wars be the most and shit. Like, I'll fart. 
die will fart and then I'll fart and then she'll be like, yo, you stink. And I'm like, motherfucker, that was you from before. That wasn't me. That was like a Voltron <laughs> fart. You guys' farts mixed together. and yo, oh, yeah. It'd be bad, though. Like, I bend over. It creeps out. My wife's like, yo. I'm like, no, bad. I hate the ones that shit where I fucking put my leg up and shit and spread my ass cheeks and shit so it come out clearer. Yeah. <laughs> And she'd be like, you motherfucker, you. I'm taking off my makeup, and I have to be in there to take off my makeup, put my skincare on. He'll fucking <laughs> fart, and his clothes are dense. Like, they don't move. They're dense, and they're heavy. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, I got to stand and fart and brush my teeth. Like, what I is taste wrong? it. I fucking taste it. Yeah. I just yeah. like how your wife Yo. turns into Joe Pesci from Casino. Yeah. Every time you fart, you motherfucker, you. Does she get a pen and start stabbing you in the face? Like, I'm funny how. And when you get out of the hospital, I'll do it again because I'm fucking stupid. Yeah. It's your fucking shine box. Yo, yo, it's only love if you hot box your wife. Like, that's right. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we can't hot box each other because we don't. No know. oven like a Dutch oven, baby. I don't think there's not My husband used to hot box me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we would do it when we shared a blanket, but we realized that wasn't working out. No, yeah, that's the, that's yeah, the key. I don't share blankets. Yeah, I don't share a blanket either. I don't share one. I, I, I said whether we need a blanket, and he does not want that shit anyway. But yeah, it's, I know she it hears me, but. Part in your marriage where you realize when you've been together for so long, like you know. Comedy, comedy to hey, us is comedy to us is like in the morning before I leave for work while she's still sleeping, I'll take a shit and I won't flush it intentionally, just so she can, just so it's waiting for her when she first wakes up. Why would you do that? No, 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 that's wild disrespect, Sean. That's wild disrespect. Like, no, Sean. Next time you do it, turn the heat up to like eighty. <laughs> that's wild disrespect. I don't. I don't even do no shit like that. I don't leave no fucking uh like no rope in the fucking toilet and shit. That's that's wild fucked up, yo. Sometimes, sometimes I can't say that if my wife did that. If my wife did that, I'd rubber nose it. The only time I do some shit like that, if if it's like it's wild, impressive, and like it comes out of the water and shit, then I might take a picture of it. (laughs) Then I might take a picture of it and send it to her. Like yo, yo, like yo, bro, you need to see this shit. Look at this shit. Yo, never send me a picture of your shit. All right, please. Do you remember J Lo's Anaconda? Yes. And start singing to you. Like yeah, like. No, like, because, you know, because sometimes the shit, it'd be mud pies, too, and shit, you know what I'm saying? So, the shit be sitting up top and shit. And I'll be like, yo, this shit is wild. That's usually my morning. Yeah, that should be wild, impressive and shit. That should be looking like a... squirting out of it? Shit. No, that's usually the morning. Yeah, yeah, word, right? The the morning and shit, you be wild. I wake up, I I take a shit, at least two, I do my hair, I head out to work. Yeah, <laughs> what uh, what Sean's coworker does, and I, I guess Sean has to tell that story, and then we have to go. But your coworker, damn, oh, you put yeah. your coworker on blast, Sean, about so, how he shits to your wife. I've, yeah, I've yeah. got, <laughs> so I've got this, I've got this guy at work, and he, I, I catch him like sitting there laughing one day, and I'm like, you know, what the fuck's so funny? And he waves me over. He's like, come here, you got to check this out. And he shows me his phone, and he's got a bunch of audio recordings. He records the audio of his shits. Oh, oh dude. What the fuck is that? And I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? And like literally holds the phone between his legs and you can hear it drop into the water. Oh, <laughs> you hear the breach. 
And he's, he is fucking cracking up. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yo, he's a psychopath. He's going to kill people yeah, in a few years. He's, <laughs> he's, listening, he's listening to this right now. Like, how dare you tell my children stories? Yeah. Yeah, nah, he's gonna do something wild in a few years. But he's from Jersey, Dave. So of course, a fucking course. Exactly, exactly, Crystal, exactly. I can go into Chuck E. Cheese as far as I know. You drop your phone while you're trying to record that shit, and you drop your phone in the toilet. Yeah, like, how would you even have that presence of mind? Hey, wait, let me get my phone. Hold, like, hold like, on, let me pull out my voice notes. Okay, without my phone. And then I, I drop my like, phone in a nurse, I'd be afraid of Luke dropping into the water, and one, why would you want to listen to the sound of your shit? Oh, oh. that splash, nice. No, that, that one was a good splash. That Healthy. creaking, well, that, that sound of the creaking breach and shit as it comes out of your ass and shit. That shit is the, like the craziest <laughs> you know sound. Like parts in there. And- Yo, you my know, wife you know. is like the fuck are y'all talking about right Yo. now? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it makes me think? Remember, remember, remember the first jet. Remember the first jackass when Dave went into the fucking uh, hardware store and took a shit in the toilet? That yeah. wasn't- <laughs> Bro. You, can, you, can hear the, you can hear the shit coming out and shit. That's the sound of the breach and shit. Like, get the fuck off. You know how mad I would be if someone came into a hardware store and took a shit in an empty toilet? Yeah, then you have to fucking Yo, clean it up. Yo, we fucking fighting, bro. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> For real. I hope you would take a shit in that some bitch. <laughs> I just need you guys to know about his coworkers. So if he comes up missing, you know the first person. <laughs> yeah, his name's, his name's Roger. Roger. That sounds like a psychopath. <laughs> I wish I was Catholic so I could confess to this shit right now. I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't. So I know a lot it. about that. Forgive me, Father, because I'm on this fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Shut even all of this in. It's all staying in. It's all staying in. Roger's going to be like, the fuck, man? Why'd you tell them? <laughs> yeah, Erica would have been sitting there with her fucking hands clasped like, oh, my God. She would have backed up so far. You just would have seen the fucking little piece of her forehead and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, my God. She's very highbrow. And I love you, the Eric. The next recording, Roger is going to be wearing Dave's skin as fucking clothing. Yeah. yeah. Recording it while you guys are doing the podcast. Yo, Erica would have agreed with me. If he's recording his shit, he's a psycho. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then she would have went into a full-on fucking analysis. Right. Shit. Oh, why? Right, right. <laughs> this guy's a serial killer. He meets the criteria. He's yeah. Sociopath. Yeah, yeah, she's a sociopath and a half. I can, yeah, I can attest to it. I've, I've sat there and listened. I've sat there and listened to this guy give 10 minutes about how he plays uh, Farming Simulator on the Xbox. So Yeah, see, that motherfucker's a psycho, bro. That's Norman Bates-level yeah, shit. I'm like, oh, my God, the people you fucking work with. Like, when he told me that, I was like, that's not real. So, so Sean, let me ask you, since I got you here and you put him on blast, were the, were the sounds different? <laughs> well, there was one. It, there was one It sounded like a depth charge. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That was a like, heavy one. Deep. It was yeah. deep. <laughs> that man was dropping the fucking log cap in his Hold up, real quick. Before we go, can I just say one thing? We're talking about how Roger's a psychopath for recording his shits, but we're not saying a fucking thing about how Dave listened to every single one and documented <laughs> how each one sounded different than the other. He's like, well, if you would have heard 9 13 2018, that was so much different than 10 26 2019. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's way different on the gates. <laughs> All right, yeah, I gotta get the fuck out of here. You guys done <laughs> fucked up my night. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, dream about boring. like rec- listening to someone record shit. Yo, Max, listen to this. <laughs> Max Lillard recording his no shit. Doing- no, no, Mac Mac is gonna wake up in the deleted scene of fucking Dreamcatcher and shit. Fucking shit, Weasel's <laughs> coming to get him. <laughs> Freddie's gonna be like, you wanna you wanna hear something? <laughs> sometimes he's corny, sometimes he's nutty. Ah, <laughs> oh, not the nutty. Nah, not the nutty. <laughs> Scary Terry, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much for uh, attending my birthday episode. And happy uh, birthday, Candy. Happy birthday, yeah, Candy. Happy birthday. Forty-two. So you know. I'm oh, you're old as shit. You're almost fifty. For thirty-two, we're okay. And I think that I can pass for thirty-two. You know, I can. Okay, good. Yes. Oh, I, mean, I thought that was a question. I thought she said you can. <laughs> no, she, yeah, right. So wait, you can. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> no, she wanted she wanted someone else to co co-sign that shit. Another female did. She said, "Right." She said, "Yup, all right." <laughs> and I mean, if that requires some lying on your part, that's okay. I will permit that lie. But uh, yeah, as long as I look 32, we're all good. But anyway, um, thank you guys so much. Love you all. Can't wait to um for the exercise on Thursday, and I'll be oh, doing yeah. some more stuff with you, Ken. So I'm looking forward to that, and hopefully, you know, we'll all hook up and and do more things. Um, and you're gonna be joining us Please. for more episodes. So yay! Absolutely. Here's your way with our shit recording and dick jokes and pussy jokes because that's just what we do. I'm start oh, your shit sounds. But p- pussy jokes are my favorite. You know how much I yeah. love pussy. <laughs> okay. Speaking of which, speaking tonight, of which, I gotta go. That we didn't do too much dicks or too much boot. Right, we did talk right. about pussy, but Rob's gotta go lay some pipe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye, Bye. Love, Love you guys. guys. See you Thursday. Good night, guys.